Warning, the following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of A.J. Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously, guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. Mother, uh, we are your host of Orsini's Uncensored Mind. I am AJ Orsini, once again joined by the deception himself, Deceive Dave. What's up, Dave? What up, dude? Uh, I, need, uh, I need a little more energy from you, man. You gotta uh, bring some energy. Uh, I've been fucking waiting to do this for a while, man. Uh, Let's go. He's, he's, Let's get this shit off and running. Oh, That's boy. What you're hearing is weariness. That's what you're hearing. Tired, you're exhaustion, weariness. Oh, I don't know what that means, and I'm gonna take it as disrespect. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, so I am confused, and now suddenly angry. Yes, the true, I'm insulted. The true, the true American way. Oh uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So shit's been going down. Yeah. At the, <laughs> uh, I blame you. Ever since the wedding, everything has been crazy. So. I don't, I, know. I don't know how that connects, but again, <laughs> loud noises. <laughs> We're just yeah. going to continue on. So much going on, uh, especially in the world of pro wrestling. There was a big pay-per-view yesterday. There big was pay-per-view. a big pay-per-view? Big, huge, big? tremendously, enormous <laughs> for, oh, okay, for, okay. For, for them. It was big for them. Okay. And right. uh, Once again, I must live in a weird little bubble. Because I I obviously have a lot of wrestling people in my life. Mm-hmm. And when I wrote my first AEW-related status on Facebook yesterday, mm-hmm. I, I got a lot of messages from people close to me who were confused because they had forgotten that there was a pay-per-view last night. So that tells you all you really need to know about the publication for that. People yeah. actually literally forgot. So oh, you're what? Oh, that shit is tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I that's... got one buddy that I watch it with, and I was like, "Yo, are you watching?" And he was like, "Watching what?" <laughs> I was like, "Dude, full gears on." He goes, "Oh shit, I forgot all about that." Yep. Yep. yep, yep. What is it? Advertising or no? It's think? not an advertising thing. It's AEW while still while a big promotion. You know, they've got the set, they've got the lights, they've got the TV. Everything about AEW is 
big-time production. However, it still very much ran like a niche indie company, so it only really, you know, catches the attention of niche hardcore wrestling fans. It's such a weird fucking dynamic. It's on every social media and television outlet you can be on, and yet it still feels like a very hush-hush promotion. Like, unless you're in the circle, you wouldn't really know. Like, it's not for you. You know, you're not in the circle. Um, and, not cool you know, enough. It's, it's, uh, just, yeah, it's, it's just new enough to be edgy and yeah, different. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't seem to matter who they bring in. You know, they, they, they've brought the, – the criticism always was, well, they don't have stars to play on the big level. Well, now they do, and it still feels that way. And I don't think AEW is that fans a credit? Want to is that a them. credit to them? You think they're doing that on purpose? I think they're doing it on purpose, but I wouldn't give them credit. I think it's fucking dumb and stupid, and it I, it can't be a good long. Is that your business, business hat on? Or am I talking to business you again? Because uh, I don't think they care yeah. as much. Yeah, well, that's the problem. They don't wear their business hats enough. You know, it's ran by a wrestling fan who's running this like a pretend wrestling company, and it's not. It, it, there's millions of dollars involved in this, but he's running it like it's just him and his toys. And it showed here on the the growth of him, of Tony Khan, the growth, the, the ability to realize I might need to change things up, was evident in this pay-per-view. I was actually really enjoying this pay-per-view. Like, okay. over, overall, I still, like, even when I got to the end of it, I was like, okay. And t- this- wait, okay, so the ending is where it fell off for you. No, it never fell off. Well, no. Oh, okay. okay. You're talking like you had a lot of butts coming up. I have one butt coming, and I knew, and I knew that it was coming. So I don't really consider it much of a butt, you know. So the first few matches, you're watching these matches. The first few, I was like getting really into it. I was nervous every time. I'm like MJF and Darby. That's gonna be, you know, heavy storytelling. But they wrestled, so it's like, all right, cool. Then you got Lucha Bros and FTR. I'm like, uh oh, Lucha Bros. This can go off the rails. Well, it really didn't. So now I'm every time I think, oh, here comes the bad thing, it doesn't really happen. So I'm like, you know what? This pay per view's been really good. They're wrestling and there's mm-hmm. baby faces and heels and they're telling mm-hmm. a story. I said, this is great. And then as soon as I turned to my wife and said, you know what? This has been really good. None of the garbage stuff has just been pure pro wrestling. And then as soon as the words left my mouth, here comes Excalibur. Up next, our six man falls count anywhere. I said, oh, here we go. Who's in this? Oh, Cole in the box. Never mind. Put us put a pin in that because okay. it's about to get weird. And then it got weird. And then, and then I was like, all right. Well, I hope this isn't the trend for the rest of the show. And it wasn't. And they started wrestling again. I was like, okay, all right, we're back. And I said to my wife, I said, well, if this is going to be the only time that they had the weird stuff, then I'm cool with that. You got to have at least one, I guess. Mix it up. Right. right. And as soon as the words left my mouth again. Up next, our 10-man Minneapolis street fight tag team. I was like, what the fuck is this? I was like, oh, no, no. And then right after that, we went back to wrestling. So I was like, you know what? Ten matches, only two of them were off. I'm like, all right, I can't complain about that. That's not a bad ratio. That's not a bad ratio. I'm not going to. I don't think they were bad matches, and I'm just glad they kept the multiple people down to a minimum because they usually kill you with that shit. They usually kill you with it. That's why I really, even though it happened twice, I can't complain because two is better than the usual six. So I'm like, all right. So I can't can't really complain about it. It was an overall really, really cool pay per view. So I was like, all right, that's that's interesting enough. Now, 
if I'm if I'm correct, you missed the first two matches. Incorrect. No, you did catch them. Got. I it. saw everything. I even saw the the free one. I saw everything. Oh, you sat through the Hakido Shida Thunder Rosa. It was a good match. match. It I was love, a good match. I love, I love Shida and Rosa. And I gotta watch them. I love. I love me some Shida. Oh, and Jamie Hater, of course. Jamie Hater. No, yes, yeah. for sure. Like a full fan, one hundred percent. Full fan. Yeah. T-shirt, posters, everything. Full throated endorsement, literally. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm a big Shida guy. Yeah, she is great. Thunder Rosa is okay. Good wrestler. But goddamn that Sheeta. She's something different. So, something else. She is. Like, what is it, Kevin Hart? Look at this. Come look at this. You are, <laughs> you are something else. Look at you. You are something else. You are something uh, else. Yeah. So let's let's kick it off at the top here because this all this all went really well actually last night. And I'm gonna start off by saying this because my wife pointed it out. She goes because I have all of the episodes to all the shows DVR'd on my TV. But I tend to watch a lot of the wrestling on fast forward. I, I get to I get to the meat of the matter. I want to know what's going on. What's the story? What are we talking about? Because the wrestling matches. I know this is going to sound crazy. I've been watching wrestling matches for almost forty years. They're not going to do anything in this ring I haven't seen before. So I just want to see. <laughs> I I can sip through matches on the big state on the big shows because I know that's when they're going to bring it all out. I can't mm-hmm. sit through Dynamite and Rampage every fucking week and just, well, no, I'll hang myself. So that's not going to happen. But I usually tend to watch the shows on Fast Forward. So my wife pointed out, she goes, you don't watch any of the Dynamite and Rampages from beginning to end. And yet you always find yourself uh, latched on to these pay-per-views when they happen. I, I get really excited for the pay-per-views. And she goes, I don't understand it. Because you're not following any of the build-up to get to the pay-per-view. Why are you so hyped for the pay-per-view? I said, because Dynamite and Rampage, and I don't know, and you've seen a few of these episodes, so maybe you'll be able to understand where I'm coming from with this. Dynamite and Rampage does a terrible job of building their matches. For some oddball reason, they do little things here and there that they could use for the package, but overall, the promotion's not good. When we get to the pay-per-view, I don't know if anyone else has picked up on this, but almost every big match, they always do talking heads. The talking head segment, when the guy sits in a chair, they got a camera looking at him, and they just talk. Mm-hmm. You know, It's 15 years in the making. I don't like him. None of those videos are shown throughout the week. They make those specifically to help tell their story at the pay-per-view. So basically, right. they do a better job of selling their pay-per-view the day of the pay-per-view than in the weeks leading up. So I told her, I said, I don't have to watch the episodes because they're going to make up all the storylines. But, inge- but is that an ingenious formula? It is and it isn't. Like, does he under, do you think, see, you got to give my man some cur- I don't know. I'm starting to give this. I, I'm, there are too many things happening that's working consistently or, or that are, let me rephrase that. There are too many things that are different consistently. Mm-hmm. Like it almost as if he's trying new shit. So when you point something out like that, it's hard for me to dismiss it of just pure ignorance. And I think the dude is, is, is formulating something because what you're saying is absolutely correct. I haven't seen, I saw a couple, I'm still trying to catch up. I saw a couple before this pay-per-view, but not all of them. And I don't feel like I was entirely lost because no. of those segments before each match. No, I like I like those th- I like those videos. Mm-hmm. I like them a lot. Because right. if I missed anything, if I happened to not catch something, 
when I get to the pay-per-view, they're going to catch me up. Right. And I like that aspect. But on the flip side, a con would be I have no reason huh. to watch the weekly show. I don't need to because when I get to the pay-per-view, they're going to hype it up and they're going to promote it the right way and I'll be up to date. Right. So I'll catch the pay-per-view, no problem. I don't need to watch the show because they're going to do the talking head and they're going to tell their story in the end anyway. So what's the incentive? Good wrestling? Well, Boy, you're again, not going to get a whole uh, lot of that. Well, I mean, at that point, it's not about incentive. It's about the guy who's not going to watch every episode during the week isn't going to watch it regardless. But if he knows he could catch up and watch it during the pay-per-view, he'll watch the pay-per-view. So don't try is, to get people to watch your television show? Yeah, dude, that's not that's not how these things work anymore. They're not like – they. a lot of these places are straight up saying – I don't care about the guy. You said it yourself. I don't care about the guy who's coming here every week. He's going to be here every week. He's a glutton for punishment. I don't. <laughs> fucking, they're, they're literally telling you, I don't care about you. You're going to be here. I want that guy. I want the guy that's not going to come because it's too much. I want the guy that's not going to sit at the pay-per-view because he doesn't know what's going on because he doesn't have the time in the week to watch five to six hours of wrestling because there's other shit he wants to do with his time and he doesn't have a lot. You know what I mean? So to make it that way for your pay-per-views, people are more inclined to catch up in that manner. So you just strategize your resources elsewhere, right? You have your matches, you, you give yourself enough film to create those videos before the pay-per-view. You have them sit down, you talk about it, you catch everybody up and now you're invested. I'm telling you, man, no, the companies do not give a shit about the people who's buying. That's not how that works anymore. We do not care that you purchase this. You're going to purchase it. I want the guy not purchasing it. That's who I'm focusing That's on. That's the usual business model. <laughs> I don't think they do that. I think people are I just being blatant about, about it now. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't think they are. I, I don't think they care about new money because they wouldn't make the decisions that they make sometimes if, if it was about getting a new fan. For instance, our main event. And we'll get to that in a little bit because I think the decision I think the decision for their main event was a fucking mistake. A fucking mistake. But we'll we'll st- we'll get to that. Cause I because another con, I guess and again, this is nitpicking, but this show is too long. The show is too, too long. long. Too it's, long. It's too long. It's like a I was hit- I was surprised when it when when I saw the um inner circle match that i i'll know i can identify when i'm watching this shit when it should be ending <laughs> and and when the inner circle like when eddie and punk ended and i saw the inner circle i knew this wasn't done i was like i'm trying to remember what's the last match because this isn't they're not ending a match like this with this but my internal clock is telling me i'm i'm done here yeah. like i don't want to <laughs> watch anymore like it has nothing it, it doesn't matter how fire the next two matches are. I I am mentally checked out. I'm going to sit through it, but I'm mentally checked Funny out. Funny how so. that happens to people when CM Punk is done wrestling. But we'll... we'll. Nah, be easy. <laughs> <laughs> let's, not, let's not say all that. <laughs> it was a good match. If, but... if this whole show as a whole was long, and we'll start with the first match, MJF Darby Allen. Uh, this match went 22 minutes. As it should have. I didn't even feel that 22. It felt like five. Right. And I don't mind this match, especially being the opener, having the energy that they had, the match they had. So, and I know we touched on this before, 
but I, I always want to bring it up because like I told you before, like I literally just said a second ago, you're seeing a lot of consistent mistakes or not mistakes, but weird shit. So you got to ask yourself, was there any way at all for people who booked this match to be the opener had any clue that this match was going to be the match of the night? Wow. For me, it was, nice. but it was, it was like um, as good as it was. Well, I, I, you hope, right? I mean, you put these two together for an open. They're supposed to be your yeah for the open. I mean, you 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 put these guys together, especially in the opener, because of their fan following. This match killed the momentum of the entire pay per view. I don't believe that. I I mean, I, they, if they had a great match for you, was bad, this, huh? I'm not saying that this ma- the pay per view was bad. I'm just saying like the energy, I the storytelling, the wrestling that was done on this match was far superior than any other one on this match. Wow, you're big on this match. Wow, <laughs> I'm shocked that you weren't. No, I'm not that big. No, it was an okay match. I, I, I thought it was better than it was gonna be. I actually thought it was gonna be shit. So I had a low bar coming in, and then when I, I saw guess. it, I was like, oh, it wasn't really that bad. That's pretty good. And then I moved on with my life. It wasn't. <laughs> then there you go. It's, it's, no, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Darby the character, and I'm a huge fan of MJF the promo. In the ring, it's whatever between these two. Toss-up. It doesn't really matter. The 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 only thing about that match, the Sting, and you got to do something for Sting. You're paying them a bajillion dollars to be there. But that Sting shit, keeping Spears and Wardlow at bay and all that stuff, I didn't need all that. But as far as the match between them two, it was really good. I liked it. I thought it was cool. I, I, I The finish was correct. MJF definitely should have won that match. It's nice to see MJF win some fucking matches. Yeah, I would have, uh, and he cheated to win. Ha ha ha! Heel, <laughs> heel. Yeah, he's Texas. doing something. He's doing something that's very, very classic, and I enjoy watching. It. Yeah, no, he's a classic. <laughs> he, he's following heel. all the textbook rules. He's he's going to every town and insulting them. He's he's targeting people that he feels is weak. He yeah. he's doing the dirty tricks, but he's also like, I don't know, man. I feel like you got a lot of really good wrestling out of him in this match. Yeah. Like I said, I was pleasantly surprised. Nah, you he, underselling it, bro. He, no, you disrespected. He... <laughs> I'm a shit on whatever you call a match of this pay-per-view because there was nothing <laughs> on this pay-per-view that matched the energy uh, that they had. I'm, I'm actually... No, you're just being a Debbie Downer right now. <laughs> no, I'm not. As <laughs> yes, you are, because there is nothing else. A... The old, oh, okay. No, there's only one match that may even fucking come close to as good as this match right here. So I'm interested to see <laughs> what you thought this match uh, in this in this pay per view was a better match than that. Uh, MJF has we'll a history. Move on. <laughs> no, no, wait a second. Now MJF has a history of being sometimes too classic, where it's less is more for him, and because he's mm-hmm. the bad guy. Uh, he sometimes feels the need to not really open up the repertoire. I've seen this dude as a babyface before uh, on on the indie level, and uh, I've seen what he can do. So it was nice last night to see some of that. And I kind of got the idea he was going to open up the wrestling side in the promos when he kept saying that 
Darby's more of a stuntman. You know, I'm going to beat him with my wrestling, with my technique. You know, he was like, bring it up. Oh, he was in the entrance. He was like the old, the, the one man who could beat Darby Allen with a headlock takeover. I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to beat him with a he headlock called takeover. called the shot. <laughs> my man's Ruth in over here. He's a, and then he kept going back to the headlock, and the commentators had to sell it. I think he's figured out Darby Allen can't defend the headlock takeover. I'm like, oh, found, my God. He found, he, he found the chink yeah, in his armor. he beats this man with a headlock takeover, if he would have beat him with the headlock takeover, that, this would have been the match of the night. I'm like, oh, my God, what's next? He's going to start beating me. He did beat him with a headlock takeover. Yeah, but there was shenanigans beforehand. I mean, no. I'm not taking it, I'm not taking it away. <laughs> if you ask it. the ref, that's how nah. he Look, I, I'm not taking it away. I would. I love the heel tactics. Don't ruin my kayfabe, okay? <laughs> I want to suspend my disbelief. <laughs> I saw it. He won with He called a shot, fair and that's how he won. Fair and square. Uh, yeah, so the, it, it was a much better match than I uh, thought it was going to be. Uh, our next match had once again. I gotta give these boys credit. Another fire entrance from the Lucha Bros. Yeah, I was digging it. Was... it. I was like, "Oh my God, Cito, that shit is hot with the pyro and the uh and the Phoenix pose." I was like, "Yo, this team is lit." I just wish they <laughs> understood how to wrestle the American style better because I think they would get over more here. They've got all the tool. They got the look, the style. They are incorporating the Lucha stuff a little bit. More uh, I think they got enough hype surrounding them right now that um, they're, I, they're fine. With but it I, I know, but a little bit more substance. A little. That's why I thought the FTR match was going to be a little better for them because FTR will slow them down a little bit. But they didn't slow them down, not, at least not for this match. I guess they decided, you know, pay-per-view, let these kids go nuts. Right. And then, just, well, not the kids. These two are. I thought, I thought they were dropping the belts here. I did, I, I did too. I thought FCR <laughs> was going to take their belts back. Now oh, that they're shit. healed and they're feeling better and they're they're starting to get on their groove again, I really thought, literally as I was watching, I was like, damn, Lucha Brothers were just a placeholder, dude. They were just holding it until FTR was, was feeling a little bit better to take those belts back. But they didn't. Surprisingly, they didn't. Nope, I really thought they were dropping those they're belts. They're still rolling with the Lucha Bros. Uh, Which is good, man. Accompanied to the ring by Alex Abrihendez, who should be they doing they bring things. different energy to the building. Oh my god. Just that entrance is I don't know. I'm loving the entrance. That yeah, entrance that song that fits them perfectly. Shout out to Mikey Ruckus putting that together. The originator mm-hmm. of the Orsini's Uncensored Mind theme song. Out there killing it in AW. Uh yeah no that uh great entrance from them FTR with the Midnight Express remix coming out looking like real boy you want to talk about earlier about MJF being a classic heel FTR the classic consummate tag team I mean they would have fit right in there in the eighties it's at the in Crockett Promotions they would have fit right in with a FTR they're a little faster than the uh, the old bo- the old good old southern boys of the 80s but they would have fit right. right in Jesus fucking Christ This is a complete clash of styles and somehow they make this shit They made work. it work. They make this shit work somehow. I don't understand it. It wasn't like a blockbuster but it was it was a solid match. Across the board there's a bunch of solid matches. I don't think there was a bad one. You have your different scales but yeah, it was a it's a solid match. It, it wasn't too crazy. Nothing nothing crazy to write home about. I told my wife, I said, 
Look at the two teams in the ring right now. Which one of them do you think are the tag team champions for Mexico? And which ones do you think are the tag team champions for America? And she's like, oh, FCR has got to be the American. Nope. You are incorrect, miss. FTR are the tag team champions for AAA. <laughs> and the Luchadors are the AEW tag team champions. How did that happen? Long story. One that you don't get told a lot by AEW itself. That's why fans like us have to come out here and remind everybody. Because AEW is not going to tell you how that happened. I didn't see anything in that package about the tag team titles. Both teams were tag team champions going in. was never even mentioned. Except for Which the is surprising because usually something that yeah. ironic, at least, would have been mentioned. Yeah, well, that's why I'm, you know. That's why I'm here, folks. <laughs> no, that's that's your. This is your purpose. Yeah, that's the kind of thing you get when you hire me for commentary. I point oh, things okay. like that out. Like for instance, like for instance, and my wife was rolling her eyes at me because she disagrees with me that I would have got been able to get away with that comment. There's there's a moment in the fuck which match was it? I forget which match it was. Somebody did something to someone's leg. And it hurt the knee. And he went down and he... Oh, it was the MJF-Darby Allen match. When uh, MJF first hurt the knee, when he was going to sell the knee, he had first hurt it. He hurt his right knee. Oh, excuse me, his left knee. He hurt his left knee. And Darby went after the knee. He hit the knee that he hurt. But then he slid into a figure four. But the figure four had the pressure on the wrong knee. Mm-hmm. And in the moment, while I was watching, I noticed it was the wrong knee. And my commentating brain took over. And I said out loud to Steph, I said, look at that. You see that? He hurt one knee, and then he immediately started attacking the other knee. What's worse than a man hobbling on one foot? A man who can't put weight on either foot. Good ring strategy there. And I was, she was like... Did you really just cover that fuck up in the living room? I was like, yeah, I know. Sorry. Force of habit. habit. Force of habit. <clears throat> habit. Trying to correct, uh, trying to correct wrestlers' mistakes. All right, fault. you can try to undersell that match all you want. <laughs> you don't have to double back. You don't have to double back and point something bad out. <laughs> it was a good match. Now, so Lucha Brothers and FTR here. I mean, eighteen minutes and thirty six seconds. You you telling me we couldn't have cut that down a few minutes? Just saying. Okay. I don't think it would have affected the quality of the goddamn match. And I, you can tell some of the communication stuff too. I don't I don't want to you know, I don't want to pull the mask or the wool over anybody's eyes here. I don't want to pull the curtain too far back. But Cash Wheeler and Dax are basically yelling across the ring. Not just at the Lucha Bros, but at each other. Because I don't know if that language barrier, I don't know what that's about. I never got a chance to work with Penta and Ray. I don't know. I know Ray's got more English skills than Penta does based on promos. I don't know how that communication is working in the ring, but there was a few times where I caught I caught Dax literally fucking yelling in the ring. And I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> calm down. No, dude, get your shit right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get he's trying to bring the ring general, but fuck. They could hear you in the other company calling spots. Relax. Be easy. So, well, yeah, yeah, surprised by – I was actually surprised by the finishes of this as well. Lucha Bros, still the AEW World Tag Team Champions. Now, our next matchup. The biggest disappointment of the night. Wow. 
can't. I Not match wise, ending wise. Ending? Oh well, you know what? I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just mad. I'm mad that I hate these opportunity matches because they they put too much weight on my soul for them. <laughs> Because it just like I don't agree with I don't agree with it, man. I don't agree with. To me, it's just slap in the face. What they do after, I don't know. But to have Miro Miro lose to that idiot, I'm drawing a blank on his name now for some reason. Ryan Danielson? No, the uh for the belt, the TNT belt. Oh, Guevara. Guevara, for him to drop the belt to him to end that run to not push this. To me, is a waste. You, well, you're killing his momentum. It, it just makes no sense that you're doing that for da- for uh, Daniel Bryan. Well, does it Bryan does it affect that opinion of yours that he wasn't even in the tournament to begin with? Because he wasn't in this tournament to start, so it wasn't even like he dropped the belt and then he was in this tournament and became a favorite. He dropped the belt and then wasn't even a part of the world title tournament. No, it doesn't change my opinion. If anything, it makes it worse. Because now you're feeding me, you're like conditioning to me to think that okay, this, he's about to get a push. If oh, that even is the case, the way they snuck and he should have, because he snuck into the tournament due to a Moxley situation, and then he won a match. So it wasn't like you know he just he wasn't in the tournament, and then boom, he was in the finals. Like he came in, was in the semis, beat Orange Cassidy, but then lost in the finals. Yeah, well, whatever. At the end of the day, I don't I don't like when people that don't need so for me, matches like this, and I guess it kind of ruins it when you have like it makes the matches pointless for me in my brain. But for me, matches like this is for new pushes. Like I hate people who are already established at that high end winning matches like this. It does nothing for me story-wise. It's I'm not hyped that he's getting an opportunity. I know he's getting one. I know it. I we there's no question that at some point he's gonna get a match. Now is he gonna win? I don't know, but he's gonna get that title shot eventually. I I just don't like seeing someone that has worked like so hard to develop his character and all that shit like that. And he had a great, he was doing great where he was, and then you take the belt off of him to put it on Guevara for some reason. And now he's in this match and he loses. It just it just feels it, it just feels like it's unnecessary. Like what what did Dan, what did Brian Danielson get out of this match? Well, I think in their heads, their the idea was is that he wanted to earn it to those fans. I don't know. I and I and I was actually on the opposite end of your opinion until I saw the main event. Until I saw who won that main event, and I went, and then I went back to this match, and I was like, okay, well then, then, then this finish was stupid, because if you're if you did all that just to feed Brian to, to Page, because with Page being the champion now, whoever he goes up against next, he's not losing. He's no, he's not losing. He's beating. They're people. not gonna. Yeah. Let's let's not even talk about that last match yet, because my brain is still spinning from that. I yeah. don't. I don't. Yeah. God. <laughs> God. But anyway, yeah, Miro, I I'm just I was God match champion. was good. I'm just saddened that I, I'm curious on what he's doing next. Because now if he feuds with someone, at least someone who is not a contender for the belt, I hope that makes sense when I say that. Not someone that's actively going for the belt, but someone at that level, 
If he's not feuding with someone at that level, they just fucking wasted everything because he's just going to lose steam. Yeah, and his god won't be unhappy with the situation. You heard the story going into this matchup. His, yeah, I his know. God that's part of, that's another his, reason. His god had turned his back on him when he lost the TNT title. Killing, killing gimmicks. That's yeah. all it is. You're just killing gimmicks, <laughs> which is why it's so. I'm I'm starting to respect the Roman Reigns run so much more. Like, oh yeah, protect no, he re- the he gimmick. I say it all the time. Should he? Could he lose here? Maybe. Will he? No, because you have to protect the gimmick. You will you will kill someone if they're got steam on their gimmick and you just kill it for no reason. To me, this is killing Miro's gimmick. So we will see what happens after. Yeah, and that pertains everything, folks. We're the same ones on this show when they when we revealed that there was some backstage whatever whatever about. Uh, remember when Lana was released and she was like, "Yeah, we were supposed to do this table spot on pay per view and Roman Reigns nixed it." It's like, goddamn right. I'm doing the table, Mitch. You you're not doing the table. I'm in right. the main event. I'm Roman Goddamn Reigns. I'm yeah. using a table. Now you find something else to bore these people with. You don't need a table spot. That's for me. Yeah. No, no, no. You're not getting that. Yeah. You're not getting the all high of spot your favorite. That. Like we we didn't do a show last week, and so I I I didn't get a chance to spill my venom. About the whole Ooh. Charlotte Becky Lynch thing, but it goes back to that. Everyone, everyone was shitting on Charlotte, and the more that I heard the story, the more I started realizing, oh my god, I think I'm on Charlotte's side because it's absolutely Wait, what right. happened. Oh, you didn't hear? Well, no. then <clears throat> I didn't see anything. Usually, I said new new stuff all the time that I see. I didn't see anything about that. Yeah. So what happened was. Uh, there was a SmackDown, I want to say, a SmackDown segment a few weeks ago. We're sidetracking, but that's all right. We'll get back to this in a second. Um, where they, Becky Lynch was drafted to Raw and Charlotte was drafted to SmackDown. But mm-hmm. the two of them are the champions for their respective brands. So they had to switch title belts. Now, when I say that, if you're not, if you haven't watched wrestling in a while, you're thinking, what do you mean switch belts? Like, they're going to have a match. Nope. They're going to sit in the ring, and they're going to hand each other belts. That's it. And they did this once with the tag titles, and it was stupid then, and it's stupid now to just hand your fucking belt over to somebody like that and just switch, basically just making your ba- your belts interchangeable. People with the title should be off limits of the draft. Yes, that we've been saying that for years, but that's that's part of the charm they feel. Is oh, okay. That, is that okay, you okay. think yeah. these people are off limits. I'm sorry, guys. I don't mean to break your immersion. I apologize. Yeah, it's the stupidest fucking thing. But going back to what actually happened in the situation, so Becky and Charlotte were supposed to go into the ring exchange belts, cut quick promos to set up their next programs and be done. Sonya Sonya Deville uh was going to who's playing one of the administrators, I guess you could say, some person of some power was going to mediate. She, you know, she makes the transaction blah blah blah. blah. So Charlotte this is all I'm giving you the rundown from the initial situation. So Charlotte apparently was not happy with the way that the whole segment was conceptualized just the way that it looks didn't feel right something's wrong i don't like the way that these belts are changing hands again not e- she's not arguing for her point she's arguing for the point in general these belts shouldn't be changing hands like this right right so she wasn't a fan of it 
And, of course, she got overruled. This is what we're doing. Get over it. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So they get to the ring, and they get to the part where, okay, we're going to, you know, exchange belts. So Sonya goes, hey, you know, Charlotte, go ahead and hand Becky your belt. And she held her belt out, and then when Becky reached for it, she pulled it back. So Becky went to reach for it again, and Charlotte, you know, Charlotte's like seven foot two. She held it over Becky's head, like when you want to hide things away from short people, like like mm-hmm. like little kids, like oh, jump up, come on, jump up and get it, come on, oh, oh, you're almost there, like that to Becky. And then when Becky was just about to grab it, she threw it on the floor. Now at that point, Becky didn't. This was not like Becky scrambled to pick it up. She saw the blatant disrespect there. So she backed up, and then Sonya got into the moment and looked at Charlotte right in her face and said, pick it up. So Charlotte kind of smiled a little bit, and she picked it up. And she gave it to Becky. Becky gave her hers. It was a quick little exchange of shitty glances between the two, and then the segment continued on as somewhat planned. When their situation was over, they go to the back, and Charlotte and Becky get into it hard, and to the point where Charlotte gets uh, escorted out of the building, and she's got to leave now, so she leaves, and she goes to the airport, and she hops on a plane, and she goes to Orlando, where they were, not Orlando, I think it was Orlando, where they were taping AEW and she went to go hang out with her husband and said, fuck this. Mm-hmm. Now, Charlotte's obviously back. She didn't go anywhere. And the, oh, two, yeah. and the two champions are now on their respective brands. So that was the situation at first glance. So, of course, everyone, oh, my God, Charlotte, what a diva. What a mm-hmm. what an ass. And I'm not going to lie, I'm right there with everybody. I'm like, and if that's how she's going to feel, fuck it, right? But right. then... More and more start coming out. So it's like, oh, Charlotte and Becky had an argument. Wait a minute. Charlotte, Becky, and Sasha had an argument because Sasha was involved with the the promos after. She was in part of the program. And then it comes out that Sonya was pissed because she's caught in the middle of this. She's on the lower rung of all these people we're talking about. You know, she's not exactly as over as the rest of these women. So she's in a power position on camera and she's made to look stupid so what does sonya do i'm not gonna let this bitch make me look stupid i'll lose the whole locker room so she went to the back ready to fight she looked like she's getting ready to beat the shit out of charlotte which for the record she can so we're all clear sonya deville (laughs) if sonya wished it to be done charlotte would be off this earth okay charlotte Mm. may be a superstar in pro wrestling but she ain't much of a fucking fighter and sonya deville would fucking eat her up in front of everybody. So when Sonya comes to the back looking for a fight, I can see why niggas is trying to get her out of the building. Because if Sonya gets her, get her fucking, out, yeah, get if her I out. catch her, I'm fucking if her up. Sonya gets her hands on Charlotte. There goes your fucking championship. Because Sonya's gonna knock her the fuck out. So they probably say, you know, you better get this chick out of here before Sonya gets back here and fucking kills this woman. So it was a whole deal. But here's here's where I start turning around on people. Or on the situation. When people start coming out with things like, well, she's so self-centered. She's only thinking about herself and she's only thinking about her status. And that's when I went, oh, it's that. Okay. Because for the record, folks, that is exactly what you are supposed to do when you're a top star. That is exactly what you're supposed to do. Now, 
Charlotte, really, like I said earlier, these niggas ain't protecting nobody's gimmick. Rup, you gotta protect your own. And that's how we got to this conversation. But <clears throat> Charlotte was the one, and this was confirmed by a few people, even for the ones who are not on Charlotte's side. Charlotte's counter pitch to the handing over of the belt said instead of handing over the belt, you also drafted Bianca Belair to Raw, right? And so, yeah, right, okay, so why don't I lose to Bianca? Have Bianca beat me for the belt. Then you can have Becky drop her belt on SmackDown. Ah, Becky's not going to want to drop her belt, though. But wait, but wait. Because they already already have, they already have Becky. They want Becky as champion on the other brand. Clearly. And they already have Becky defending against Bianca Belair on that show. So if I drop my belt to Bianca, and then Becky drops her belt to whoever the fuck Charlotte's going to be feuding with, and then we switch to our perspective sides, the belts are on both brands, and we can get our belts back that way. Because they already have Becky beating Bianca again. Too much work, too much investment, too much. But to, too just much hand it work over. As, as comparison to just handing over a fucking Correct. Belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta take into consideration gimmick and all that shit. No, no, no. Just hand it over and let's let's continue our storyline. No, the handing over is retarded. I don't like the handing over. No, neither, I'm neither, with you. I, neither does cool. a lot of the people. Then we ended up finding out that Becky also did not like the idea of handing over the belt. Uh, but she went through with the segment. And that's when everybody else said, well, see, she's being a professional. She went through with it. No, she she's the favorite. She didn't like it either, but she did what she was. She did what she had to do. And I'm thinking in my head, now I know why Charlotte was mad at Becky. Because Charlotte and Becky together have the power to, to be like, that. no, I'm not going to do this. If Becky and Charlotte were on the same page and said, listen, we neither one of us really like this scenario, let's sit down and come up with something else, I can see that situation getting changed. But because Charlotte was the one who said, no, I don't like it, but Becky said, oh, I don't like it either, but I got to do what whatever. I got to do. Yeah, whatever. Right. I can see now why somebody in the back said, well, if Becky's good, then we're good. Because to be honest with you, as great as Charlotte is, Becky's better, and Becky's more. They love Becky more. They love Becky more because Becky draws them more money than Charlotte does. So they're gonna sit there. They're gonna say, "Well, Becky's good with it. What's your issue?" So now she's just being a bitch. When in reality, both of them are on the same fucking page. This is dumb and stupid, and we shouldn't be doing it. But Becky's gonna sit there and Mm -hmm. go, "Well, but I'm the face of the company, and if I want, and if I I want to stay the face of the company." I hate those people. And anybody listening, if you're one of those, I fucking hate you too. And I really hope you hear it and feel it in your soul. I fucking can't stand people who know when something is right, but they fucking do it anyway because they don't want to do things harder or they have they don't the, rock they they rock have the, the advantage, right? Yeah. It's always the person with the advantage is the one that doesn't want to speak up because in theory, they have more to lose. And they, they want to stay in their top spot. Yep. So they're going to do things the shitty way that they don't agree with. So they're just going to be uh, little bitches and, and not stand up for themselves because they're in a high position. And On the other hand, yeah. they can say, well, I worked hard to get here. I'm not going to fuck it up. 
So I understand the mentality behind it, yeah. but I still fucking hate the fact that people I've seen that happen so many times yeah. in fucking life where I was I was the one standing there like an asshole because I was the one fighting something and the person that literally had the fucking power to what they agreed with just didn't do it because they don't they feel like if they try to uh fight back that they're ruining their position. Yep. When that's not they're the endangering case. their spot. Right. And that's not yeah. the case. You're if this stuff happens behind the scenes, your draw is your draw outside. But they don't want to lose any favor from from the company or whatever the fuck it is that they're doing. Ah, oh, I fucking hate people like that. And they I can to. see if if that is true and if that is the case, I that's the moment right there I started siding with Charlotte. And I right. said, Okay. Now I don't agree with what she did in the ring. No, I fuck it. Think- I agree with what she did. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree because you got to do something. What then? What do you do? What do you do? Stand there like a little bitch and take it? No, so you got to understand that when you value yourself higher than what they value you, you can allow them to put a stamp on you. So yeah, you're gonna have to be a bitch sometimes, and you're gonna have to be a dick, and you're gonna have to fight for it at the risk of whatever, right? Because at this point, fuck it, you're not gonna back me up, even though you agree. All right, then I got to then I got to do what I got to do. Yeah. Cuz at the end of the day, she's going to have a place to work. And then the whole Let, let's keep room, it above. And then the whole locker room apparently sided with Becky. So if I'm Charlotte, of I'm course, like, all right, well then Cuz they're dick riding. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so I'm fighting for you guys. Because... No, it doesn't matter. She could be she could be a diva backstage. You know what I'm saying? She I'm, could be annoying. Not only am I saying that she very well could be, I'm saying she'd better be. That's she the problem. That's a problem with also having the personality that she has. She, I can tell she's aggressive. I can tell she's a little self-centered. Look where she, look at her legacy. Like, that's obvious. So when you piss off the normal folk <laughs> all Those the time, just being you, and then you're fighting for something right, it doesn't matter. You're the villain. They don't give a fuck if you're fighting for a common interest. Suck it up. Now, if Becky did this, they would all be on her side and fighting, saying that she was correct. Yeah, because she's the man. But because she just sucked it up and said, fuck it, we got to do what you got to do. Yeah, that's the, that's the respect factor she gets now. It's like, well, she, she didn't like it either, but she did it. That's not the point. That's not the point. Say and something. I hate, dude, I'm telling you, I cannot stand when people use specific facts that have nothing to do with the argument, but make sense in context. It's a very complicated strategy that everyone does i employ everyone the next time that they're having a discussion about something listen to some with somebody else listen closely to how many fucking facts they will use that have nothing to do with the argument and in their brain they're like they got you cornered you know what i'm saying and it drives me fucking insane i can't stand when people use facts to, to argue something when that's not the specific point, but it's somewhat relevant. So to them, it sounds like they're winning the argument because they said a fact. Just uh, watch. Just They did it right here. It's fucking annoying. So you're worried about how far my car is parked at the curb. Meanwhile, the rainbow, which is a designated flag for the gay Americans, have been on Lucky Charm boxes since the beginning of the early 70s. Why is that not the issue here? And you're like, wait, Whoa. what? He's <laughs> like, wait a second, what? Dude, I'm telling you, watch. Next time you have even not an argument, just like a simple debate, just listen. Just just open your ears to it, man. I'm telling you, it happens wow. all the time. And I'm so bad that I point it out constantly. Wow. Every time someone does it, I'm like, that's true. 
but it's irrelevant. It has nothing <laughs> to do with what we're talking about. Yeah. I'm not going to deny that what you just said is a fact, but that fact is irrelevant. It doesn't support your argument as well, much as you're adamantly saying it. It does not support your argument, but I digress. Well, wrestling fans have another problem that go along with that. Not only do they speak with facts that don't matter to the conversation, sometimes they're speaking with what they think are facts because that's what they were told is facts. Well, since they on. have no Did they see it on Facebook, though. Oh, oh, they got it on the social media, so it's got okay. It. Well, if yeah. they did, then they are correct. It's so. actual factual truth. So, they boomer, it. mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be true. I love when people come up to me and they're like, "Well, I heard on this shoot video, I'm like the one they were paid to do, where they do most of those things in kayfabe." What are you talking about? And if I, if, dead, if dude, it's that's so what I'm alive. Saying. That's what I'm saying to you. And, and I had this conversation with somebody else too. It was like, how is kayfabe dead? Explain it to me. Well, we all know what's a work. That's not what kayfabe is. That's not what K. You don't know the jargon you're using. That's not what it is. You want to know what kayfabe is for this generation? Open up Instagram and go to your, uh, what is it? The I filters? forget what the page is called. We explore page. Go to the Explorer page, and that thing is just full with kayfabe. Oh. Just take a look at all of it, dude. All the it's gimmicks. All, none of that's real. It's all the gimmicks, yeah. It's all a gimmick, man. Kayfabe, you buy it. Kayfabe is when you are told a lie so brilliantly that you believe it to be true. It has nothing to do with being in on the joke. That's not what this is. Kayfabe is being told a lie. So beautifully that it has to be true. If a backstage incident happened at a show that I went to, and because I was at that show, someone asked me, what happened with that? And I told them the story. Whatever story I tell them, to them is the truth. But if there was a fight backstage, two wrestlers just weren't getting along. Sometimes that shit happens. And mm-hmm. it breaks down. They start choking each other, all kinds of shit. And I leave the show, and it's everyone's buzzing on social media. What happened? What was the story? And somebody asked me, and I was like, see, what happened was is that wrestler A kept his lasagna in the fridge. And while he right. was having the match, lasagna B, I mean, the wrestler B was like, I want that lasagna. And then he started eating the lasagna. When the dude's match was over, he came back and saw this dude half bowl deep in his lasagna. And he mm. said, hey, Cinderella lost a glass slipper. And he said, fuck all that noise. And they started slapping each other. Not punches because they don't want to break their hands. But they started slapping right, right. each other, right? Mm-hmm, and then they mm-hmm, had this mm-hmm. matchbox thing where they were like, you know what? We're going to race instead. And the one dude said, yabba dabba do. I don't know how that's connected, but that's what he said. And I keep the story going like that. That's the truth. Because they don't fucking know any goddamn better. Because they weren't fucking in there. They don't know what right. the fuck happened. That's why I keep <laughs> telling people, you think kayfabe is dead because you feel like you're on the inside. But until you're on the inside, you don't know. There's people who are on the inside who don't know. I don't know how many times something will happen at a wrestling show, and then some people who are at that wrestling show go to another wrestling show, and they mm. start talking about it. And people are like, oh, that shit is crazy. That shit is wild. Because wrestlers tell stories all the time. Right. But it's like a game of telephone. They get to the next show, and 80% of the shit they say is true. They made up the other 20% for story purposes. But to that person who heard it, it's 100% true. And then they go to the next goddamn show, and the data gets less factual and less factual and less factual. And the next thing you know, you're hearing stories about 
Haku biting cops by the ears and shit. And it's it's weird how this business right. works. It's a weird game of telephone. That's why I'm telling people, kayfabe's not dead. Kayfabe can't be killed because for as long as people are lying, and let's face it, that will always be the case with humanity. <laughs> the devil is a lie. Kayfabe cannot be killed. It cannot be killed. It will never go anywhere. Because And leave wrestling out of it for a second. When you go to your job and you request time off. Oh, my God. Kayfabe and they, City. And, and you request time off and they tell you no and you say why. Whatever the reason they give you. Kayfabe. It's a goddamn lie, and they're keeping it kayfabe. As long as you entered it with the applicable amount of time requested, as in like the like you gave whatever they require, three months ahead, not three yep. months, a month ahead, three weeks ahead. If they if you do that and they come back to you and tell you that you can't have that day, kayfabe, all yep. of it, whatever excuse they say yep. is bullshit. And the kayfabe is, is the reason why I consider that part of the kayfabe is that all the other managers and all the other supervisors who are in a high position all live the lie with the guy. When the boss makes the decision, hey, tell this employee this, the other dude tells it to you like he truly believes it. His, that's part of the kayfabe. They're all living the lie to keep you floating along doing whatever it is they want you to fucking do. Kayfabe isn't going anywhere. It can't be killed. Can't be killed. You being in on the joke doesn't mean you're in on the joke. Right. If you're at a if you're at the circus, yes, you are aware that clowns, you know, are funny and the elephants are coming and the guy comes out of the cannon. Yeah, we all know that you know the general setup. But you don't know the ins and outs on how that all that is performed, how all that is timed, you don't know. And for as right. long as you don't know, it will always live. And that right. and, and and that's just what it is. We sit here on this show and we're doing it now. We're talking about this pay per view here, and we're giving you what we feel and what we think about the matches. And me myself with my experience and telling you what I think might have happened here or what might have happened there. I don't know. I'm not in that locker room. Right. So that's what I tell people all the time. I'm not when people say, "Well, you know." Uh, 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 and uh, if you even if you were in that locker room, that doesn't mean you're telling me exactly what fucking happened. Exactly, because I may not fucking know, because I was I might not have been there in that exact moment. Huh? That's because your How locker room is in your Yeah, were we talking about Miro? <laughs> we were talking about the idea of uh, uh, the whole, killing his gimmick, the gimmick, protecting the gimmick, and what's going to happen now that he's no longer being featured the way he was being featured the first we'll time see around. it we'll this makes me sad man wrestling is is trying to get me to stop watching it because they're killing all the people that i really like it's working hard to try to get you to not watch this, I, I, this who is this for i guess there's a demographic i don't see the numbers that's the one thing i always tell myself to feel better like dude i don't see the numbers maybe miro is terrible and he's not drawing anything at all oh, as much as i love him the people might hate him that's the thing that keeps me sane because I just don't understand how he feels like he just has so much momentum and they just do that. But whatever. Uh, I mean, do you even want to talk about this six man tag match that took forever? That will, literally the commentary said, when is this going to be over? Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. Yes. And that's what we're no, there's one this. thing about this commentary. They're really bad at breaking character. They do shit like that all the time when they're like oh what is this gonna be over you can't <laughs> just like not Jesus. do it i've been there 
where a match is that bad and you're just like this is a again it wasn't bad stop oh the worst thing ever in wrestling happened in this match as well i literally paused it and walked away for 15 minutes because it made me so angry when they had when adam cole had him in that uh submission and they they run the ropes and super kick him or they don't they run the ropes and then they kiss him they kiss him and they fucking popped when they kissed him. That shit made me so mad, dude. My buddy was li- the moment it happened, and they the crowd just fucking erupted when they kissed the when they kissed the guy in the cheek. My buddy just starts fucking laughing because he I was like, why did they fucking pop? And I paused the thing. I just walked away, dude. I was so fucking mad. It's not going away now. It's not going away. You just conditioned the young bucks to kiss every man on the roster. Well, they were doing the kiss before AEW. That's an old gimmick they used to have back on. The is end. that what that is? Yeah, Ugh. they were a group. Adam right. Cole and the Young Bucks uh, were super. No, no, quick. I know they were a group. I didn't know the the whole kissing on the cheek thing. Yeah, was a fucking... the kissing on the cheek thing was always there. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, when Adam Cole got signed to the WWE, they had to kick him out of Bullet Club. That was how they did it. When they gave him the double kiss, they then backed up and gave him a double super kick, and they beat his ass out of the group. Damn. So when he came back to AEW, they gave him the double kiss again, and blah, 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 blah. His matches the shits, and a lot of their matches are the fucking shits. The Young Bucks have gone rogue. That's it. They have become toxic. And I can't do it anymore. I walked away. I would be very interested to understand what the backstage presence is like. Because I don't see... I could be wrong. I don't see a world where the the locker room loves the Young Bucks. I don't see a world in that. I could be way off, and that's fine. But in my gut, I just don't feel it. My personal experience with being in the locker room with them is that where the guys do kind of like them. Uh, they 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 present themselves in the locker room like one of the guys, you know. I don't know what it's like in AEW because nine times out of ten, when I'm in the locker room with them, they're just talent, you know. In AEW, they're executive vice presidents. I don't necessarily know what their specific roles are. Right. Uh, I know that they have a heavy hand in developing the tag team division, but other than that, I don't really know how deep those roots really go. So I can't tell you from an AEW standpoint what the what the morale is like around the Young Bucks, but I can't keep watching this. And they got my boy Christian Cage in here. He's doing cross bodies off of, what was that, like the second floor or some shit? Like they were in the, they fought into the crowd just so Christian Cage can do a cross body off some high shit, and then they walked back to the ring. <laughs> that was it. That was, that was as deep as that spot was thought out, I guess. There's I swear to God, if them, I see another bag of thumbtacks, I'm shutting whatever I'm watching off. And then the thumbtacks on the knee pad, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. And this is this was match five, and yeah. I was I was grooving That's at this so point. Wrong, dude. It's this match was so. I was long. grooving. The wrestling was so good up until this point, and I went, oh my god. And they've got Adam Cole in here, and I'll say it here. I said it publicly. I'll say it here. I am so fucking mad that Adam Cole reverted back. So upset. You know how long it took NXT to shake all this goofy shit out of Adam Cole? 
Shawn Michaels and Triple H worked their fingers to the nub to get this guy to take this fucking business seriously. And when he did, he was fucking money. Money. And he goes to AEW and he has completely destroyed everything he's fucking All his progress. All of it. He's got a dope entrance still, obviously, but other than that, whenever he wrestles in singles matches, it's still there. When he had the match with Jungle Boy, he had a match recently with uh, John John, John Silver? Joey Silver? Joey Silver from uh, Dark Order. He's had some good matches so far, especially as a singles. When he's by himself, he's fine. When he's with these idiots, it's not the same guy. I don't understand... It's like what the it's like the How I Met Your Mother episode. Like oh, the, the friend the, you the know, Lily? and then when they meet their childhood friend, they act completely fucking different. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I think we're calling what, it Revertigo. I don't know about Revertigo. Revertigo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Revertigo. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> t- I don't know about Revertigo, but <laughs> that's it, man. Hey, if it's what you're explaining, that oh, sounds like a classic God. case of it's Revertigo. It's so crazy how good he was. Not even a few months ago, he was. Riding high. This guy could have been WWE champion and nobody would have blinked an eye. And now he's getting smooched while holding whilst holding a camel clutch. I don't even I don't understand what's happening. Who hurt you, Adam? He's just having he's just having fun, man. Yeah. Well what I don't want to do is spend twenty two minutes fucking talking about this no, goddamn no. match. No, it just this this match literally physically made me angry. Oh, I had I had a buddy ta- uh, 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 messaging me the whole match. He's like, "Is anybody in this match gonna sell anything?" And I'm like, "No, no, it's just spots, man." Because that's not what they do. They just move. That's it. They just move. Things just happen. And I was like, "Whatever match follows this is gonna be fucking mad." Because it was twenty. Oh, and if I ever if I ever get chaos. into wrestling, I promise you this the spot where I dive out of the ring and the only thing I'm hitting is a counter into a trash can and I'm going straight to the ground is not happening. <laughs> Jungle Boy did a dive out the fucking ring and they reverse it by throwing a trash can at him in which now he gets to land not only on the floor from fucking 10 feet up in the air straight on his back, but he gets to land on a trash can as well. Oh, the joy, the fun. Yeah, that I... I don't know. Maybe, maybe in those manners, that's where I start to, uh, that I'm not, I don't have luxury eyes where I could just watch it and just go, Oh, that was a cool reversal. I look at it like, God, did that dude dove out of the ring for no reason? That spot didn't need to exist. Oh, and by the way, you just reminded me about this. Whenever I do these conversations about pay-per-views or whenever I talk about some of the big companies, I'm always as respectful as possible because, you know, if you're in the position, you have some sort of skill level, right? I always try to pay a little respect to the people that got to that stage. But I will say this out loud, and I'm saying it with absolutely no regret. Luchasaurus is ass. What? He is ass. No, come I on. Don't, <laughs> I don't no, know. Not Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus is fucking ass. Oh, you're a fucking hater, no, dude. He is the shits. I hate that fucking guy. He oh always looks so God. baffled and confused and out of place. All he does is those goofy kicks, and none of them look good at all. He is just fuck. He is ass. Oh, oh whole, my God. The dude, whole fucking are... match. I was every time this motherfucker entered the ring, I'm like, who's going to survive? Who is. 
Who is going to not get severely fucking injured by this 300-pound goof? Who you, didn't just like the, you didn't like the moonsault? I don't like a fucking thing that this nerd does. I don't like oh anything. Oh, my God. He sound, when he cuts, he can't cut a promo. He sounds like a fucking nitwit. I know that he's trying to sound overtly educated, but he's and he might be, but it sounds goofy when it's coming out of a dude with the foam mask on. He's got a great look. He's big, he's strong, he's agile as fuck for a guy his size. He has zero coordination. Zero. He always looks, every every time he throws a kick, he looks like he's about to fall on his ass. And sometimes he does. Sometimes he throws the kick, and just the sheer momentum of him moving knocks him off of his own goddamn feet. I'm like, this Damn. motherfucker is Garbage. You have to do Luchasaurus. Oh like my that, god! Man. I'm sorry. I love I'm sorry. Luchasaurus. Not a, hey, it, it's all. I love the gimmick. I love, love the gimmick. Love the idea. You know, it's not like you know they say in the movies. It's like you're not in love with me. You're in love with the idea of me. I'm in. I love. Yeah, for sure. I'm in love with <clears> the idea of a man his size who can move the way he's trying to move, but he doesn't have the coordination to move like that. He falls on his ass literally. He literally Damn. falls on his ass. I'm watching him run spots, and uh, all these little guys in this match, Cole and the Bucks and, and Jungle Boy, all and all these guys are not exactly the biggest guys on the roster, and they're moving fluid. It's quick. Boom, 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 boom. And he's this big, extra-large man, and he's trying to move with these little dudes, and he looks like a buffoon. I'm like, what are you doing? He's oh. he's a 300-pound. He's the only guy in this match who is literally, besides maybe Christian Cage, the size of a full-grown man. And he's not doing anything strength-wise. He's not that. That's the one thing that would set him apart in this match. If he just went up there and just started powering guys, and used his size and strength. And I know people are going to say, well, he executed the double choke slam, which is more coordination from the other guys. The only time he ever looks good is when the other guy kills himself. That's it. That's why him and Adam Cole so far have been money, because Adam Cole kills himself to get the guy to make the guy look good. If they mm-hmm. don't do that, and it's all on him, Jesus Christ, it's Man. a car crash. I fucking hate this dude. I hate him. <laughs> I hate Damn. him. Every oh, time he, sorry, how are man. you that big? You're the biggest guy in that match, and you're the least intimidating person there. I don't understand. I was more afraid of what Nick and Matt might do than what this fucking ogre was going to do when he got in there. I'm like, he's just going to kill himself. He's a dinosaur, not an ogre, dude. That's racist. Just because he's green, <laughs> that, calling just, ogre. Fuck, racist. dude. I can't. I can't. I can't do it with him anymore. I'm done. That whole group, Marco Stunt, Luchasaurus. I like Jungle Boy, though. I yeah, do Jungle like Jungle Boy. Boy. Jungle Boy's all right. He's pretty good. That guy can move. The guy can do some shit. He can sell. I, another one who can't cut a fucking promo. I'm I'm daring somebody. I dare somebody. For those of you out there listening to this show, if you are, are a person who is aspiring to become a professional wrestler, I dare you. I double dog dare you to try to find some personality before you join this industry. Some. Have something going for you. Because our business is being sworn by people who are fans of entertainment, but don't have a single a, a single smidge of ability to actually entertain people. Where is the promos? Where is the storytelling? 
They put Christian Cage with them to do the talking for them. How are you in the professional wrestling industry and you can't talk? I know I know that it's not a natural thing. I was thing. about to say, there's a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, I know there. it's not a natural thing for people. You know, when it comes to public speaking, I know that it's really difficult for a lot of people. But this was, a long time ago, this was the perfect business for people who couldn't keep their mouth shut. Because you were able to go out there and say your business and either get over as a good guy or get over as a bad guy. But this was the business for talking. That's how money is made in this industry is talking. Right. And there are so many guys who cannot, even if, even if you are just really not that, you know, Bret Hart wasn't exactly the best goddamn promo of all time. He didn't knock you off your socks with his words. But Jungle Boy went public. He was like, yeah, whenever they want me to do promos, I like run and hide because I don't want to do promos. I feel bad doing promos. What? Oh, my God. I heard that. I was like instantly unsubscribed. Not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. No. I don't even care if you're the shits at promos. Like, Darby Allen is the shit set promos. I don't know if he's running away from or hiding from doing fucking promos. I was like, what the fuck? Seriously? Yeah. Oh, my God. No, I need a little bit. I need a little bit, bro. You got to give me something. Something. Okay, you're not the most charismatic man in the world. I I understand that. But you got to do something. You can't do nothing. Nothing? None of these guys cut promos? They got Max Caster is out here reciting poetry for his promos. And I'm not going to call it rapping. If you call what he does rapping, you've never heard a rap song in your life. He he doesn't rap. He just goes out there and recites poetry in an aggressive manner. I'm not going to, you know, paint him like some sort of a wussy. He, <laughs> some wussy? Yeah, yeah he, <laughs> he, 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 he recites his poetry, you know, like a man, very manly poetry, but it's poetry. He's never rapped a day in his life. If you listen, I, I there's so many white people who are fans of AEW who are like, oh my god, he's such a great rapper. I'm like, you, you don't know what you're talking about, and that's why I don't. And that right there is the main reason why I do not like gimmicks like that because that's all it's literally trying to do. Yeah, like it's a it's a specifically it's a white person gimmick. <clears throat> being a rapper and the WWE being rapping like that is, or not, I said WWE, I'm wrestling in general. Yeah. That's, it's a white gimmick. It's just, it, it, it is. I have never seen one that could actually rap some shit. That's, it's not the place for it. Yeah. It's not. It's about like dissing the person. It's, it's weird. It, it's, it's so, um, it just targets a specific demographic, and that's why I just really don't like that that uh, that specific type of gimmick. But that's yeah. just me. People who actually enjoy and partake in actual battle rapping would probably more than likely have nothing to do with pro wrestling. Even though when you think about it on paper, you would think that'd be a match made in heaven. Like You would think someone who has legitimate rapping skills would look at pro wrestling and go, man, I'd make a fortune here because I would just no, destroy it. Because that because they really want to shoot somebody. Yeah. If you ever watch they would really rap, make they would really they really trying to slap somebody. So <laughs> nah it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. Someone would get shot. I don't give Max Caster a whole bunch of shit because he's trying. You know what I'm saying? He's oh yeah mic. I'll never fault he's, someone's effort. Yeah he's on the mic every week and he gets a reaction for the shit that he does. And you know sometimes he says some shit that's pretty funny sometimes it's like blah you're reaching but it, it's not rap. 
It's not rap. No, no, no. It's a gimmick. And it's a gimmick, and he's good at it. And, and but that's the thing. He's trying, and because and you know, it just goes to show how weak the pool is for promos. Where he's considered one of their best promo guys, and I'm like, really, him? But then when you think about it, maybe they're right because nobody else cuts him. I hear Scorpio Sky cut promos, and I want to cut my fucking throat. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck's happening? Ethan Page is dope. He has a bit of a cadence, and he speaks very strongly about the stuff that he says. They got a few guys there that can do it. I don't know if I if I'm Alistair Black, that offends me. Don't don't. Alistair even Black him. needs to chill. Why? Because I he one of the things that he used to always get criticized for in NXT, and I mean criticized by people on the inside, is that he's so cultured and he's so intelligent. He really is. He's he's a really intelligent dude. He's really cultured. He does. He this guy reads for fun. Like, you know, recreation, he reads. And he knows so much shit. <laughs> for the lulls? Yeah, for the lulls, you know. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's the type of guy to close a book after reading and goes, ah, oh, that was a good book. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good book. <laughs> that was a good book. <laughs> oh, I can't wait till 10 minutes from now when I crack open the next one. Yeah, that's... Oh, let me yeah. go use the restroom. He, he's the so kind I of dude that would... Other... Yeah, he's the kind of dude that would enjoy that, 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 that fresh feel of the of the opening the pages for the first time for the first time i don't buy my books used i like the smell of a new book freshly printed Mm. i like to drink my morning coffee just outside barnes and noble so i can get that ink smell Mm, (laughs) from the books he's so intelligent and he's so quick to shit and it hurts him in a in a way when it comes to his promos because his promos he starts to get really deep and really inside and really over people's heads and then xt they were Really trying hard to kind of pull back on some of that. And they're like, no, you got to be more relatable. And AEW, they're, gonna, they're not going to tell him to chill. So he's doing all these things with the boatman. And, uh, you know, this person betrayed this person in Roman times and all this other stuff. It's dope stuff on an intellectual level. If you know, if you've read enough to know what he's talking about, he's hitting you with deep shit. But if you're fucking Tony from, you know, Des Moines, Iowa, who's highest reading level is the menu at IHOP, then these promos don't mean anything to them. And it's not reaching the people that they need it to reach. You know, they keep saying the high our demo is the eighteen to thirty four male. Well not too many eighteen year olds know that Judas was once best friends with Jesus and all that. they don't know that shit. Because they don't care to know it. If it wasn't right. on Fortnite, they don't they don't give a fuck about what it was yeah, Judas, that's was, fine. Judas I'm very... was Judas on Fortnite or not? I'm very particular about that stuff. I don't think it's so like if that's his style and the way he speaks, there's a place for it. I, I don't there's like a place when, for it, sure. I don't like when people think that like he should alter the way his brain works to reach specific people. Eh, educate him. Like say something. You may say something that triggers the interest in someone else, but if you hide it, you'll never reach that person because you're trying to cater to a baboon. Just be yourself. Cool. Baboon. If you want to say funny stuff, though, or you want to say in- intellectual stuff, you may trigger the intellectual in somebody. And for those who do identify, how much representation do they have? How many bookworms in the W and and wrestling do people have to relate to? You know what I mean? Fuck it, man. Just let let them be who he is. I like it. I don't be knowing <laughs> shit sometimes, but I'd be like, "Ooh, that yeah. sound cool." Let him let him do his thing. 
Let him do his thing, man. Yeah. Let people fucking be dumb. If they're trash, they're trash. If they're good, they're good. Yeah. Well, he was in the next match here, and I got, the only thing I really have for this match because it was an okay tag match. They fucking hate Cody Rhodes. So they that's that was one thing I was noticing about this. Where every okay, time he breathes air, let me go on a limb here. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a call for me specifically. I fuck with Cody now. Okay. I fuck with Cody now and for this specifically because this has been building up for quite some time. They're being very blatant about not liking this guy. He can't even fucking sneeze without them booing the shit out of him right out of the fucking building. They're booing him. They're booing Cody Rhodes, the person, not the wrestler. That guy can't do a damn thing without them being fucking livid. You can... You can't be a heel around Cody Rhodes right now. You just can't. You cannot. It just it will not work. I respect the fact that he is I don't know if it's it's kayfabe or whatever, it's guilt, survivor's guilt, whatever it is that that's pushing him to do this in whatever manner that he's doing it, but he is trying so hard to just stay focused. And it really feels like he's trying to earn the respect of the fans again. How long it's going to take, what he has to do, I don't know. But if he doesn't break, because I like that promo where he pretty much explained it would be so easy for me to go heel right now. And I would it, I would do great as a heel, but I'm not going to do it because it's I. that's not what I'm here for. So because he feels that way and, and his his action lately have been showing that he's honest to God in his whole heart. He really does feel bad for whatever took place. And now he is just trying to win back the love of the fans. I can respect that. I respect that. He did not, he didn't pander to the fan at all. yesterday or during that pay-per-view he, he worked the match as if he was a beloved baby face the entire time. And that guy could not have been hated more than anybody else in that building. And the only way I see it turning around is if Cody has a a very good feud with someone who the fans hate more. And unfortunately, at the moment, I don't think that person exists. So I am super intrigued to see how this is going to play out because this is this is insanely interesting to me. Fuck the match. I'm interested in this. Like, can he win the crowd back over? Well, that's going to be a challenge and a half. But what is it? Just a, real quick. Let's not get into a deep diagnosis. But if you can give me a, a quick breakdown again on what he did for them to hate him so much. Because I think I know, but I was like, no, they can't. People do that shit all the time. They can't hate him that bad for just wanting to do TV. Like, do they really hate him that bad because he took a, everything was going as planned. He took a step back and focused on like some other shit with his wife. Do they Here's, really hate him that bad because of that? Uh, is yes. that what it was? Yes. To oh, a degree, damn, yes. But dude. to a degree, yes. But here's That's not fair. Here's the short version of it. Cody's biggest mistake was he mistook the love for being real. This is the best way I could describe Cody Rhodes' situation with the audience. And is I don't it know, one of those I don't know if anyone my else, enemy deals? No, actually, or... my friend of my friend. 
not enemy of my enemy. Let me explain. And I don't know if anybody else sees it this way, but this is just my interpretation of the situation. Cody's biggest mistake was not earning the respect of the fans from day one. His initial release from WWE, one of the first things he did was align with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and the Bullet Club. That was the first thing he did. By default, when he left the WWE, he was taken in by the indie and the strong, you know, the smart fan base because he was a friend of their friend. The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega said, this guy is great, he's one of us, accept him. So they did. And this entire run, they've been behind Cody because Cody was elite. Right? He was part of the elite. He was a part of the group. He was a part of the family. He was down. So they accepted him. But his love, the love he was feeling from the fans, he always assumed was love for him. And it wasn't. It was love for the elite. It was love for who he was aligning himself with, not necessarily for him. So the minute, and I mean the minute, his objectives changed. And he became a little bit more business-oriented and more family-oriented and not aligned with the goals and objectives of the elite. That's when the fans realized, oh, wait a second. He's not down. He's not one of us. He pretended to be one of us. Because the elite, my favorites, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, say what you want about their power and their stroke. And what they can do in this company and what they can't do in this company. Say whatever you want about their creative. You know the one thing you can't say? That the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega disappear on them. Because they don't. Kenny's there every night. Nick is there every night. Matt's there every night. Cody's not. Cody leaves. Cody disappears. Cody floats around and does other things. And to a wrestling fan who loves AEW, the hardcore, smarky fans, the Ring of Honor fans, the CZW fans, wrestling is all. And the minute you leave to do something else that shows them that you're not as obsessed about this as we are. So, I don't like you as much. I like my superstars to be just wrestling centric i want you to be my toy i don't want to share my toy with the rest of the world i want you to be in my club i don't want you to have other interests i don't want you to have other desires i don't want you to do other things i want you to be a wrestler and i want you to do wrestling things for wrestling fans when they first started AEW, and cody was right there with everybody we're not catering to the casual fan we know what our fan base is we're catering only to the hardcore wrestling fans the fans that love us the most he was saying all the right things and they were on board but the minute he started with the game show and the time off and the i'm tired and i'm burnt out and now the reality show there was nothing at all relatable to him to these fans so fuck them Earlier, we were talking about kayfabe, how it could never die. This is this is the exact fan base that believes kayfabe is dead, that believes they're on the inside. On this very same show, I don't think it was during this match, but I heard it a few times, there was a few sections of fans 
that were chanting for their own section. Section three, section three, like trying to get the rest of the building to either boo them or chant with them. They made it about themselves. That's what this audience is. It's not the kind of audience you would think like back in the day, wrestling fans. I just love my wrestling. They want to be a part of the show. And that's the people who are booing Cody Rhodes. If Cody Rhodes showed up on Raw, they'd go nuts right now. If he showed up on Impact, they'd go nuts right now. It's that audience who are saying to Cody, that's why when Cody addressed it, he was like, I hear you, I hear you. You don't hear them. You don't. And that's why they're still booing you. Because all you have done is lean on your daddy's legacy and... Your want, your obsession, your need to make you and your wife basically Triple H and Stephanie for AEW. Mm. And no one else buys it. No one else buys it. Your EVPs don't buy it. They have they have smelled you out. They, they, they see it on the wall now. Their objectives are no longer aligned. And while it hasn't been catastrophic for the company, for the fan base, it's it's been horrible because they... They see the divorce, and they have to choose between mommy and daddy, and they've always loved mommy, so they're going with mommy. The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega have always been there for those fans. Always. They're never... Say what you want about any of those guys. That, those fans will never turn on the Young Bucks or Kenny Omega. Heel, face, they can do whatever they want. They're going to get cheered by that audience regardless. If Kenny Omega got into his car and ran over a baby... They'd be mad the baby almost damaged Kenny's car. That's how that's the kind of fan base this is. So when Cody does not reciprocate and does not let these fans know by action, I am just as obsessed about this as you. I want to this to succeed as bad as you do, then they're not going to accept him. So this whole I will not turn, that's fine. Because you don't need to purposely turn. You have already turned. Right. In the eyes of this audience, you are already the heel. You left us. You abandoned us. Therefore, you're the bad guy. And that's Damn. why they're booing. That's shitty. It is shitty, but it is also people do it, it all the time. Yeah. People do do it all the time. Listen, people should do it all the time. Just because you're a wrestler doesn't mean I've done it. I've left the business twice because I got shit I got to do at home. This business didn't, at the time, did not pay me well enough for me to stick around and go through the bullshit I was going through. I left House of Glory because I had shit to do at home. I left my original managing position of the GOAT because I had shit I had to do. If you've got shit that you want to do and shit you got, you've got to live your life. I support Cody 100%. If this is what you wanted to do and you wanted to be an entertainer and you want to expand out past wrestling, go for it. Rock did it. John's doing it. Steve did it. Everyone before you did it, and I know that he's. It's not- just funny that you. It's just funny that you point out that that story because one of I on here saying that the reason why I didn't like Cody so much is because he was in your face and down your throat, and then he backed up a little bit. I even said if he when he takes a break and disappears a little bit and comes back, I might feel a little bit different. And because they forced him out of that. They literally forced him out of the fact that he can't, he doesn't have the leverage to do it anymore. I like him better. 
but yet the Young Bucks and Omega. I don't have a problem with Omega. I like I like Omega. I don't have a problem with him. I like Adam Cole. See Young Bucks, me personally, I'm just not a big fan of. But they do exactly what I was disliking Cody for. And when you explain that, it kind of makes sense now. So I'm like, all right. See, I, I, I'll give Cody another shot now. We'll see what happens. So <laughs> I'm interested to see uh, where this goes. So. Well, our next match is uh, Britt Baker, DMD, defending the Women's Championship against Ty Conti in a match that was 15 minutes. And I'm saying the time not because I think that it was extremely long, but every single one of these matches. I'm just looking through now. The shortest match on here is only 11 minutes. Everything else is 15 minutes and up. Right. Holy shit. I am not a fan of Ty Conti. I think she is just a wonderful looking woman she's oh my god she's, she's put together uh yes. she, all her bits and pieces are in the right spot I'll i think this is probably one of her better matches oh yeah i was that's where i was headed with this this i'm not nuts. a fan of ty conti at all at all that's I, off to brit never pop off yeah i have never seen I've never seen Conti put on a performance like she did last night. Now, that you was just amazing. keep her off the microphone. <laughs> yeah. Golden. Yeah, just have her move around a bit. And, and she, you know, I've never seen her perform like that. Ever. I was stunned. Because I was like, of all these she women, why was Ty the one that got the match on the pay-per-view? And I was like, okay. Okay, they're building her up. I was like, all right. And they see something we don't. Brit, Brit her mic got- presence is abysmal. Like, I don't... <laughs> I don't see it, it, it. I don't think it's a credit to her intelligence or an ability to do so or not. I think it's just her accent is so thick that it just ruins the words coming out of her She's mouth. So Brazilian, it hurts. It's so it's so bad. The delivery is so bad. And again, it's not a credit to her. It's something she can't control. She's got to she's got to learn, you know, to 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 fix it a little bit. But I mean. I, it's just her accent. That's all it is. It messes up the words. It ruins the delivery on some of her content. But boy, oh boy, if she grows. No, no, no. Let me rephrase that. If she <laughs> does exactly what she did in that ring today, she's good. Don't let her get better at that. That shit was nuts, dude. Everything. The gimmick, the coming out, the flag, the paint, the face paint, the hairdo, the everything was like all right she's got a presence and then she got in that ring and worked her fucking ass off dude she did great hats off to ty conti on this match man. And Britt baker Britt baker see it takes a person at her level to allow someone like ty conti come in and show her ass like she did man Britt so baker, I'm, always, I'm always gonna find a reason to give Britt her props. Yeah, Britt so. Baker, maker of stars. <laughs> I told I told I told my buddy when I was watching, I was like, dude, this ring has more as per square inch <laughs> in this match than oh. any place ever in the world. There is so much ass in this ring right now, it is insane. <laughs> oh my god. I'm here for it. Man. I'm here for it. And then they work their <laughs> so ass off, man. I said, I mean, I'll do it. I'll make time for it. I'll make yeah. time for it, man. This is the kind of stuff that, like, I know that it sounds sexist on the cover, but when it comes to women's wrestling, this is the version that sells the most. Two beautiful women who are able Working. to go out there and still have a cohesive match. You get your – this is sense. what they envisioned when they started the Diva division. Yeah. Where you have just – Stunning, just absolutely gorgeous women in the ring, but, but they're not—they're not sitting there pushing their boobs up, 
they're they're in there they they they're working their ass off man big spots big hits dives flips everything yeah. it, it just you it was so good you don't always have to look like these two to be a star but it helps no no <laughs> well well no no you don't and it, i don't i don't think that's even the case today so to speak yeah, yeah. no you are well, yeah you're right it does help. i think it, it plays helps. a role yeah yeah for sure uh our next match is the best match of the night no mm. <laughs> i'm fucking around cm punk and eddie kingston had a fight that's it there's, this I mean, was the best for me and in AEW. So, guys, relax, calm, sit down, sh- and shut up. <laughs> this is the best showing of CM Punk that I saw in Thus AEW. Far. Thus far. Thus far. It looked like the jitters were gone. It looked like he felt comfortable in his skin again. It looked like he was moving with confidence again. And he had an actual match with Eddie. Eddie. I have a love-hate relationship with this guy because he'll do things that I'm like, man, this guy's fucking great. And then he'll do things just like, oh, my God, you got to stop doing this. That. That's fucking dumb. This is the way that Eddie Kingston should be showcased in a fight scenario. Anytime someone's in the ring with Kingston, the vibe in the room should be, will they survive fighting Kingston? Yeah, but the problem is, is that's only going to be fun to watch two more times, and then I'm just going to be over it. <laughs> well, that then uh, th- now we're talking about, and that's my problem with that's my love hate with Eddie because I love what he can do. If he can literally shed twenty pounds off that belly, he's not, and just not I know he's not. Yeah, listen, at, I at I'm point, fully yeah. aware. Listen, man, I've gone thirty three, almost thirty four years <laughs> of my life not getting the things that I think would be good. Yeah. So I know I'm not going to get this, and I'm okay with it but if he could literally shed 15 to 20 pounds off of that belly and just engage in some of these promos because i don't think him doing the promos is a problem i don't like when he walks away from them that's why that's yeah. like my biggest gripe i want him to face these promos if you're gonna do it with eddie because you think it's good because he can bring he can bring certain levels of thing out of people he needs to be around for it I need to see the engagement. I want to feel the heat between the two. But I love the way they both came out. No gimmick, no bullshit. They walk straight to the ring. No clobbering bring time. That ass. No nothing. Just bring that ass. And then the match and... starts with that back fist. Oh my god, that was stick a clock I was like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> then he flips them off. And, and then, then they get the they get the work and punk fuck you. getting the juice, getting some color. I'm like, oh, man, this is old school punk. Had the fight shorts on. I was like, oh, yes. It was good. It was good. If this if this is the punk that people are talking about, or I'm sure he, he's had even better matches. But if this is like the baseline of what punk is doing or does, then I'm, I'm all for it, man. This was good. This was good. They both brought – I think this is one of the few matches that I'll, I'll say. I think they both brought a lot out of each other. And you don't get that very often, especially in this day and age. No, absolutely so, not. So that was it, this was this was a really good match. Uh, I still personally enjoyed the the MJF Darby Allen a little bit more That's because that was twenty two minutes and it felt like eleven. Hmm. So I personally like that one more. But if I if if anyone could make an argument, it would be this match. Hmm. That I would be willing to listen to. There you go. Everything else, I don't want to hear. It was a fight. <laughs> a fight. 
Uh, speaking of which, it was supposed to be followed by another fight, the Minneapolis Street Fight. Ten-man tag. Inner circle against the men of the year and America top team. Is there anything about this match? Yeah. You gave uh, a shit about I, I, This is the one that made me angry. I. This was so fucking bad. The inner circle... First of all, it's multi-man. I need, Obviously, I, I Santana need. and Ortiz killing it. We're going to be like, they're going to not li- want to listen to us talk about those two guys. But until they're, I don't even say put gold on them, until they're into some serious promos where they're getting more TV time, because they're not. Let's be honest. They're not getting any TV time. They're getting one random ass scattered, scattered match somewhere, which they kill every single time. Even the announcers are like, these guys are physically fit. They're losing LBs. They're, yep. They look amazing. Like, there's JR was selling they're shit huge. out of them. They are huge on Santana and Ortiz. Brewer, they're the best tag team reason, in that company, and you don't They're not it. giving them the juice, and that's fine. That's fine. When they get their time, they'll see what the fuck is going on. But until then, we only get to see them in these fucking bus ass matches, and it makes them look even better because the match is bus ass, and then the only shining light. Also, if I never have to watch anyone from America's Top Team Russell again, I'll be happy. If you don't get these trash ass MMA fighters out of this fucking ring, I swear to God, if they're in any other match, I'm fast forwarding them. I, I'm not. I'm not watching these two again they ruined a bad match like the match wasn't good as it was and to have these guys try to do it was like literally they were walking them to the spots what was it andre and uh alderowski or some shit yeah dude they were literally walking them to the spot and saying here pick him up and slam him what the fuck they're doing it was terrible don't feed mjf a jobber, but then have these two on a pay-per-view. That's my problem with AEW. It's just so inconsistent. Angered. I like that you do the stuff, like the jobbing is coming back, the character building with Miro, the things like this that you really don't identify. I don't want to say it's gone, but you don't get to identify it as much anymore. It's here in this wrestling company, but then they do shit like this. I know everyone in the fucking lobby knows that these two were not ready for this match. No. And this is a match where you literally get to stand there for 95% of it. You're only in there for what? Four spots. Few, few spots. Yeah, exactly. It's still, they shit the bed on the, four the, spots. Maybe. The and they didn't things. just do bad. They shit the bed on all of them. Yeah. It's disgusting. When, when half of your team doesn't even know what fucking corner of the ring they're supposed to be on. It's visible, and you can see the other teammates get frustrated that they're doing so bad in the ring. It was disgusting to watch. <clears throat> and it was 20 minutes long of just hell. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God, indeed. S-S-A-O. That was what I came up with last night when I was watching this match. S-S-A-O. Save Santana and Ortiz. Someone rescue Dude, this, these men. Tony Khan doesn't Please. like them. Somebody in that locker room don't like them. Somebody don't like them. I've said this before. They're the best tag team there, and no one knows it. Well, they got to wait their turn. No, I can't push everybody. You know who doesn't? You know who doesn't like them? The Young Bucks. The Young Bucks. And you know why? Because they wrestle their style, and they do it better. And they do it. And they do it better. 
and they don't do it by making out with each other. They come out with aggression and they fight and they do the flips and they do all the extra stuff that you're supposed to do. They just and do they it. look phenomenal when they do yep. it. And, and usually and when bodies. you don't get that promotion, you're supposed to, and you can never say it because everyone will always deny it to the nail and you're the crazy one. But when you don't get that promotion, when on paper clear as day, you got the experience and you're better at the job. It's because someone else is afraid you're going to take their fucking job. Yeah, and right. I know people don't believe that, or some people don't want to believe that because it sounds very talent weird always to say rises something to like the that. top. Nope. But not dude, always. when, People see you as a threat. They will do whatever it is, whether it be subtly or obviously, to keep you in your place. And it is obvious that these guys can go with every single tag team in this company and if not be better than every single tag team in this company, yet they get the least amount of TV time out of every single tag team in this company. That's got to mean something. Everyone keeps telling me, well, not everybody can be pushed at the same time. Everybody got to work their turn. Get they the were, fuck out. They were here first. Remember that first pay-per-view when they started AEW, all all out. The first And one. don't get me wrong, they were sloppy in the beginning. They were. Well, they had to they adjust. Grown. Yeah. That's fine, but yeah. they have, and they have not adjusted. only have they grown, but they it's obvious. They've dude, they probably left that match and went to the gym. They are just <laughs> in shape they're healthy they have energy bro it's just making me so mad I so it's either young bucks or tony khan don't like them because they're in the tag team division they're no threat to any singles at the moment ridiculous i just don't get it i'll uh, never get it yeah i'll never get it yeah we'll see how we Dude, go when, if they who knows the maybe this 10-man tag was the last of the inner if circle and when they win the belts and they are willing to go out dude i'm buying them all their drinks if they want it <laughs> all their drink people take about yeah, you might be seeing them sooner than you think well so, there we go. Dude. after this 10-man tag if that's what you want to call it we had an interview which i thought was interesting because we just talked about the whole ring of honor situation before we took our little hiatus here mm-hmm. and i said uh I'm curious. There's only but so many people I could see AEW being interested in. And one of the people that I mentioned was Jay Lethal. I said, mm-hmm. I could see them being interested in Jay. Jay Briscoes, Jay Lethal, the Briscoes, and there was like one other person, I think it was Dan Housen, I can't remember, where I was like, give me those guys and everybody Housen, yeah, get Housen in there. Get Housen in, in there the immediately. But yeah, uh, yeah, those are yeah. like a few Oh, uh, Housen Darby? No, oh, dude, Housen of Cassidy. And there was a few names where I brought it up. Jay Lethal was one of them. So, Lord and behold, Jay Lethal. Mm-hmm. Now, he did not get the response I expected. Got a nice response, though. Uh, got an okay response. I don't know. I've seen some responses, man. Got to remember, though. This crowd for last... me is infamous for responses right now, and they did not show him the love I thought they would show this he's veteran, from, this 20 he's from the god other team, in the game. That's why. He's from the other team. That's why. When AEW started up, Ring of Honor Flynn's split in half. And he played for the other team for years. Not only did he play for him, he wore that C on his chest for the last Oh yeah. He's six a loyal man. Years. He's, yeah, he's a, a made, company. He's he is saved. a made man, is Jay Lethal. They will respect him more as we progress. But remember, initial reaction. Because oh, they're gonna see greatness. Oh yeah. Once they see him performing like he did before for their team now. 
Uh-oh. Then, you know, now we're gonna now we're talking something different. But Jay Lethal, now all elite, not only that, but stakes his claim on the open challenge, he'll be facing Guevara on Wednesday yeah. for the TNT championship, which means he's gonna lose right out of the gate, which is dumb. Because they're not dropping the belt to Jay Lethal on fucking night one. But why not? Oh no, they could. And if if the comments that Jay Lethal made during that interview makes any difference, they have a way out now because Sam killed himself in that 10-man. He was bandaged up and holding his ribs when he confronted Jay. And Jay said, yeah, hey, I, I, I would have need... confronted you tonight, but I just saw that match you just had, and I'll give you credit. That was great. So I'll give you a few days to heal, but I'm going to bust your ass on Wednesday. They could yeah. do an injury angle and get the, get the belt off of him and go to Jay. don't need an injury angle to sell me Jay Lethal over. Well, I've got to remember how high on the list Sammy is to the people at AEW. They're not no, please explain to me because I've been asking that question for quite some time. Why? Whose nephew is he? No one's nephew. He's just that good. Okay. I mean, if you're not a fan of Sammy Guevara, I get it. Because of the flippy and the small, I understand. No, it's nothing to do with flippy. Okay, well, it's I mean, just, he's an excellent worker. He doesn't do, do it well. Fucking, it, <laughs> just because he can do a good flip doesn't mean you can do a flip well. There's a big difference. I, can, oh, no. I don't give a fuck if you do a flip. If when you're done, you, you stand up like you stuck a landing at the Olympics. I don't fucking care about your flip. Every time he does a fucking flip, he celebrates himself. Shut the fuck up and look like you're in pain. Like you're not selling shit. Sell. Not, you don't do it well. I don't give a fuck how many flippy dudes you do. Fuck out of here. Flippy dudes. Flippity dudes. <laughs> All the flippity doodahs he does. It's not flash. It's flat. It's it's flashy, but not flashy. Hmm. Flashy, not assy. So yes, I would prefer if you can uh, put the belt on somebody that should probably have it. That <laughs> was mad that Miro lost it to him to begin with. Hmm. I can see that. Based on our conversation, <laughs> mm-hmm. no, which good. this now takes us to our main event: Kenny Omega, the champion, against Hangman Adam Page. And I gotta say, I teased it earlier. I'm gonna get right into it. This was a fucking mistake. This was a look, mistake. man. Because of the last match and how long this shit was, I was dozing off almost the entire time. I, I was, was too. In and out. I, I was, was in too. and out. Adam Page looked great. I'll give him that. Uh, I did have some. Some issues I've said before with Adam Page that the gimmick is just kind of bad, and it's still kind of bad riding the fucking horse in the cowboy streets, shit. Whatever. Hey, it's fine, whatever, right? Like I, I don't hate him, but I don't hate the gimmick, but I don't like it either. Uh, he looked great in this match. I, I personally, I'm a Kenny Omega guy. I fucking love Kenny Omega. I know he's silly. I know he's the three best theatrical. I know he's a little over the top. I know. I'm a Kenny Omega guy, dude. He can go with anybody, and I respect that. His matches are always different. I love the knee strike. I love the V-trigger. That That is dope. I know he can throw from anywhere. He looks good when he does it. So I was in and out of this, but I was like, oh, this is good, though. And then I got a second win towards the very end when I saw, when I saw the ending unfolding, and I'm like, oh, what's happening here? And when he actually made that one, two, three count, I kind of sat up in my chair and I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> hold on. I have, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Protect the gimmick. What, what did they do? So unless Kenny is calling for a break, that's the, that's, I thought about this. Unless Kenny Omega himself was calling for a break, 
I don't, I didn't see anyone in that locker room that I felt it was okay to drop the belt to. Definitely not Adam Page. So now with your wrestling brain and not my casual brain, mm-hmm. explain to me why I'm wrong because I want to be wrong. That it could have been anybody but Page? No. Or they, just why explain they, why what they I dropped just it said to I don't feel like he should have dropped the belt, period. Let alone to Adam Page. So I don't explain mind. to me why Kenny Omega is not the current champion right now. Okay. Because um, I know, I mean, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, you're not a huge Kenny Omega guy. I like Kenny. I like Adam. I don't like what they've done with Adam concerning Kenny. And people will, I've heard it a thousand times. His one loss long, is from Kenny. Long term storytelling. Bullshit. Bullshit. Adam Page's wife did, got, did not get knocked up. And have a child right in the middle of their feud because of long-term goddamn storytelling. Tony Khan did not make this woman inseminated. Oh, in Kenny's t- going to be a dad? Ad- Adam Page was gone because his oh. wife had a kid. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So people who are like, oh, it's long-term storytelling. No, it's not. Tony did not book her pregnancy. That's not how this works. Okay. Okay. Well, that explains they, his disappearance. Yes, he's been gone. That. He took he pa- has been gone. He took paternity leave. They were feuding these, so it was around the time when these guys were originally feuding. Yes. Okay. 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 He was because his one loss, <clears throat> his one loss was from Kenny. Yeah. The Adam. The remember <clears throat> remember the Kenny Omega the um the All Out show where Kenny fought Christian Cage in the main event. Right. Okay. That was supposed to be Paige. Paige was supposed to win the title then. Right. But his wife went into labor, had a baby, and he said, I'd rather be at home with my brand new kid, which, whatever, it is what it is. And he went home. And I'm not criticizing the person. I'm just saying this is what it is. This is a situation. Don't tell me it's long-term storytelling. He was an alcoholic for forever. I'm glad they got rid of that. They didn't, though. Because recently they've been bringing it back, and when he won this match, they gave him another beer. So it's kind of slowly creeping back into the fucking phase of things. They haven't had a clue what to do with this guy. Adam Page has gotten more over in spite of what they've done than because of what they've done. And I just think that it's it's so crazy how this whole thing has worked out. So now we come to the question of why did they pull the trigger last night? I think they pulled the trigger last night because that was always the plan. They just moved it over. It didn't seem to matter that the momentum was gone. It didn't seem to matter that he really hadn't been built to a point where it would make more sense. They went with the idea that, well, he's still technically over with the audience, so let's just fucking pull the trigger. Right. But here's here's why I say this was a mistake. I actually believe exactly what you had mentioned earlier about Miro. And beating, with Brian Danielson winning this tournament, you have now put him in a position where he has to compete for the title. If you just drop the belt to Adam Page, there's no way that Adam Page loses to Brian Danielson, which means you put a whole tournament together for Brian to tear through, only to lose to Adam Page in the end of all this. 
and I just think it was a mistake. I really believe this should have been the other way around. I don't think Brian Danielson should have been propped up to help make Adam Page's title reign seem more important. I think it should have been the other way around. I think Adam Page should have been chasing Brian Danielson. And I know people are going to say, well, he chased Kenny this whole time. Now you want him to chase Brian. He didn't chase Kenny the whole time. That's the goddamn point that I'm trying to make here. Right. Start and stop pushes does not mean that the entire time was a chase. He didn't. Right. Him being gone for several months deleted all of that. And you could have started over. You had the the briefcase. He won that casino battle royal. He had the briefcase. He didn't have to compete against Kenny Omega at the very, very next pay-per-view. You could have held on to that briefcase a little bit. Let Brian win that tournament. Let Brian and Kenny have the main event at full gear for the championship, which would, yeah, have, been but, a, which would have been a main event people would have accepted. Right. Because they, they had their match that ended in that, uh, that, that, uh, that Broadway, that time limit draw. So people would have enjoyed watching it. Brian goes over there, and then we plug Brian and Daniel moving forward. Because we, we that's where we got to anyway. That's where we're headed with this, Paige and Daniel moving forward. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't it have been the other way? You put the title on Brian, you get a more prestigious champion. Paige is the champion right now, and he's over, but he's got a lot to prove. Brandon doesn't have anything to prove. Look at the lineage of that championship. Chris Jericho to John Moxley to Kenny Omega to Brian Danielson. That's legacy right there. Right. Now, I'm not saying Adam Page won't eventually become a great champion. He's just not right now. And I think Brian would have prepared Page more for being the champion than Kenny could have. Kenny's a great performer, but I don't know if he's making Paige a better champion. They had, right. a great, they had a great match. But, you know, Kenny does things a little differently. His reign on top is not going to be the same as Paige's reign on top. Now we've got right. a babyface champion. Who knows more about being a babyface champion than Daniel Bryan? Or a Brian Danielson, I should say. I think this was a mistake. I'm not saying don't put the belt on Paige at all. I just don't think you needed to put it on him. But right now, now you have two baby faces going. That's another problem ball. you've got. Yeah, unless you plan on flipping one of these fucking guys, which would be suicide. What was the point of that? That's why I felt like if you were going to put the belt on Paige, Miro was the better winner for that matchup. You could have fucked Brian out of his match. Miro wouldn't have had to have beaten Brian clean. He's a heel. You could do some heel shit with that. But Miro would have been the smarter champion than me because a pissed-off uh, Miro challenging as the heel challenger to an Adam Page would have been money. That would have been money. You don't necessarily have to put Miro over, but at least Miro is going to put Adam Page through trials and tribulations. He's going to make Adam Page earn that. Mm-hmm. And you could have done... You, you, I'm just saying, you, you, there's a way that you definitely could have gone... Rather than now you're going to feed Brian Danielson to a page who is an underneath champion at the moment. He's just got it. He's brand new to the main event scene. And Brian Danielson now has to do the favor here. You just said a second ago uh, about CM Punk. This is the best CM Punk I've seen this entire time. There's a reason he dumbed it down. It's because he was trying to elevate people up. Brian Danielson Mm -hmm. hasn't been dumbing it down. He's been going full force. He's been having matches... 
with esteemed veterans. Now we're reversing. Punk is now picking up speed, and Brian now apparently will have to slow it down. I don't know if that's the best for everybody. We'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, every pay-per-view that ends for AEW, I end it with that. Well, let's see where it goes. Yeah. Because I'm always confused <laughs> as to where they're planning on going. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's the element of surprise. I don't know. But for me to sit here and watch Miro and Danielson, and I went, okay, Danielson went over. That'll be dope. Danielson will beat Kenny Omega. To me, when Danielson won, that means Kenny was retaining. That was what that told me. Like They're not going to beat Miro straight up just to have him fight Paige. That would be dumb. Right. And here we are. So I'm like, all right, well, then I don't fucking know. I don't know. Booker of the year. He got this. He got this. We'll figure it out. Booker, Booker of the year's got Fuck it. Fuck it. We'll figure it out. I don't know. What can he do? They they, they made their decision. So let's see how he goes. With if it. I'm Kenny Omega, I'd definitely take a break from here. Oh, I'm taking a break. Yeah, oh, you have to. I'd definitely take a break. Who are you? If you're not going back for your belt, in which then you're taking two losses back to back, which, does, again, does nothing for him, what... What who do you who do you feud with next? Not the belt. Remember, his gimp. Here's the problem with people's gimmicks revolving around the title. Once they drop, there's the title. no <laughs> coming back from it. I'm not buying you after talking all that shit about being the greatest and going on uh, Twitter and all that shit saying you want to pad your numbers and talking all that shit that revolves around the belt. Then you drop it. I'm not giving a fuck when you wrestle someone for with that has nothing to do with the belt or a title run at all. I'm not watching you do an arbitrary feud. It's just you're dying at that point. Your gimmick is dying. See, that's and that's the problem with a lot of these wrestlers who when they're figured in and they get these championships, they go all out and they commit to it. And they sit there and they go, you know what? Uh, I'm the champion, so I'm going to go all the way with this. You, you, everyone's going to make me synonymous with the belt and blah, 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 blah. What you just said right there, once you lose the championship, what happens? I'll tell you what. It's supposed to happen. When a guy gets a championship, he's the champion. He's the main event guy. He is supposed to, from here the fourth on, be portrayed and be... Uh, booked, I guess you could say, for lack of a better term, as a top guy all the time. The WWE for years now, last, uh, I want to say since the Ruthless Aggression era, has reprogrammed their audience. Because once a guy in WWE wins the WWE championship and then uh, loses that championship, what the WWE immediately does is they make him disappear. He starts opening up shows. He starts wrestling random-ass matches on Raw. It goes away. AJ Styles wins the championship. All of a sudden, he's you know, opening up pay-per-views with Ricochet for zero reason, and everyone's wondering why. When mm -hmm. Stone Cold Steve Austin won the championship, chances are in the two months he was going to lose it again. But he was clearly the top guy. When when Stone Cold would lose the championship, he would lose the championship through shenanigans. Vince would fuck him, or Triple H would fuck him, or 
the Undertaker, somebody fucked him. And the reason they did it that way is because when the champion loses, the first option before you pick who he's going to lose to is where does he go next? Mm-hmm. So for Stone Cold Steve Austin, all right, well, we're going to put him against, I don't know, The Undertaker. That's what we're going next. But when they move him to The Undertaker, that match is now considered featured and on top. When Stone Cold Steve Austin didn't have the title, guess what? He was still in the main event. Still the top guy. John Cena. John Cena wasn't always the champion. And when he wasn't the champion, where was he? In the main event. Always in the main event. Whether you're the champion or you're not the champion, once you lose your championship, the answer to that question is is you're supposed to be in the goddamn main event. Just because you lost the championship does not make you the champion. It's supposed to it's supposed to have the opposite fucking effect, actually. That championship is supposed to automatically give you the golden ticket. You're now a main event guy from here the fourth on until we decide otherwise. Right. That's what it's supposed to be. WWE changed that thought process. They figured, okay, you had a run with the belt, so now we're going to cycle you out, bring in the next guy, and then we'll continue the cycle that way. And Tony Khan, this is what I mean when I say that. And I mean, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but for him, it is kind of a shot when people say he's a fan because he books exactly the way other people would book just based on what Vince does. This is how he handles his business. We make a champion. John Moxley was their champion almost the whole pandemic. He lost the championship, and all of a sudden, he's Eddie Kingston's friend, and they're going to be a tag team, and they're wrestling the Seidels, and they're for no reason. Why is Moxley in that position? To make room for other top main event people? That's not how that works. He was already established as a top main event guy. Why is he not wrestling at the top of the card? But, again, it's all fandom shit. This is how they book. When you book a guy to be on top, he's your on-top guy, period. In 2KW, which was an indie fed that I helped run, it wasn't even my company, we made one, one dominant decision from the start of that company. Raze is our guy. That's it. We picked one guy to say that's going to be our fucking guy. 300 plus pounds, a fucking destroyer. He can move. He can do all this shit. Blah, 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 blah. That's going to be our guy. So how do we make him our guy? How do we make him the guy that when people come to our company, they know he's the top star there? Rule number one, he is never getting beat ever. Every fucking guy that we ever brought in, he didn't just beat, he fucking ran through. Secondly, secondly, who is he beating? Because if he's beating Jabrones, right, what kind of a star is he? It means nothing. He's not beating anybody with any real stature. We were paying extra to bring in indie stars, quote-unquote. Matt Tremont, A.R. Fox, real names. We brought him in specifically for Rays to fucking burn through. So now we've got him beating star after star after star. He's just running through them. You know how Sam is. He's just, he's just busting everybody's ass, right? He's going through it, and it, that's how we did it. And eventually, over time, this audience just got used to whenever that music hits, someone's going to get the shit kicked out of them every time. And we, and we, I, I wanted to test how well this process was working. Now, mind you, we didn't have a championship belt. We did seven shows with no champion. 
We built strictly on storylines and star power, star power that we created. Okay, that was our top singles guy. AYFBO or LAX or Pride and Powerful or Cesarian Ortiz was our top tag team, except for maybe the Zoltan. But Sam was our guy, and I wanted to test a theory. I wanted to see how over he really was, or how over we were really getting him. I should say that's a better way of describing that. So we did a show where, and, I, and I'm going to end this with this story because I think it's important for people to hear this. So we we did a show where we had a main event that had it was a tag team main event, but the guy that we had originally planned for that match called out on us. And at the moment that he had called out on us, we hadn't had a match booked for Rays yet. So we said, you know what? We're going to hold him off to the side for a second until we find the right spot for him. Because he's the guy. We need to make sure the guy gets the right kind of match. So we held off. So it was William Black. It was Stan. Oh, my God. Stan Styles. There it is. That was the tag on one side. And we had a girl, Sonya Strong, on one side. And she had a male partner. That we were going to hook her up with. When that didn't work out, the owner, I'll, I'll say his name, Pete, Pete said, yo, let's put Sam in that spot because it's a main event. He works well with Will and Sam. I mean, we'll convince Sonya that, that this is a good idea. <laughs> but we'll, that's how we'll, we'll work it that way. So I said, okay, let's do that. But how do you, uh, you want to just make an announcement or whatever? He was like, I don't know. I'm, let me think on that. He never got back to me. We're getting close to the show. So I made a pitch. I said, I got a great idea. He goes, what? I said, check this out. Hear me out on this. So I'm like the general manager, I guess, of the promotion. All right? So I make matches. I do all kinds of stuff. That's kind of what my gimmick is at the show. So I was like, what if we play up the fact that this person called out? We don't have anybody. Right? This is our situation. We're... We're kind of stuck in this scenario where we need some additional help. Someone to back up Sonya because Sonya's been getting her ass kicked by these dudes and we need someone to be the white knight and be the hero. What if Sonya reaches out to me? I'll just say that. Sonya reached out to me to find a partner for her. So I'm on the hunt. I'm going to do videos. Like I'm, I'm on the hunt. I'm looking for partners. And the last person that I go to is Ray's. And I say, look, listen. Uh, call, I'm calling it a favor I played it up We have history, right? The GOAT, AJ, we have history We hadn't played it up yet But we have history This audience knows it So I was like well, Could you do me the favor? Could you be Sonya's partner? And he tells me No No, I have no interest in being partners with Sonya Strong I've, He's been through the wars with William Black I'm over that you know, he doesn't really see Stan as much of a goddamn threat. I just, I don't get anything from this. You know, I'm I'm trying to get myself in line for an eventual championship match because we were teasing the idea of finally getting a champion. So he's, he's that was his whole deal. I'm, I'm focusing on the championship. I'm not worried about anybody else. So that's how that ended. So my character is still struggling to find Sonya a partner all the way down to the match. So it's main event time now. We're at the show. I'm still haven't found a partner. Will comes out. Stan comes out. Right? And here comes Sonya. And I come out with a microphone stating, you know, I've been searching high, searching low, and 
And I, 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 I told you, I promised you, I swore to you that I would find you a partner. And I did at the last minute. I got a guy. He's fantastic, an amazing athlete. He's going to help you out. Ladies and gentlemen, Sebastian Cage, who is this, at the time, was this young guy who we had been training to eventually join our promotion, our, our show. He was one of the young guys we were training. He's, a, he's kind of a big name now, but, but, but back then he was new. So that was the idea. We brought him in. And I was like, yeah, he's going to be Sonya Strong's partner and blah, 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 blah. So Sebastian Cage comes through the curtain, all excited as shit. You know, he's about to be in the main event. This is the young guy we've been training to get on the show. I think the best he's ever done is a dark match for us. And he's about to be in the main event. So, you know, his dick is hard. He's like, yeah, this is great. And they get to team up with Sonya Strong, who's fucking beautiful and works really well. And it's all awesome. And he gets down the ramp and Will and Stan beat the fuck out of him. We had Will and Stan kick his ass. They threw his ass into the rail. It was awesome. It was like a Monday Night Raw beatdown. It was so great. It was hilarious. And Sebastian sold the fuck out of it. It was great. It was awesome. But but Sebastian is now on the ground hurting. And we have the referees come out. And the referees uh, pick up Sebastian Cage. And, and they take him to the, lo- to the locker room. And everyone's like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? So Sonya being the tough bitch that she is. She slides in the ring, and she's ready to fight both of these motherfuckers. Fuck all that. And she gets in the ring, and I'm selling it like I'm puzzled. I'm confused. I don't know what to do. Camera's right on me. What's he going to do? What's the decision? Is Sonya going to recall off the match or what? So I slid into the ring, and I'm wearing a blazer and a pair of pants or whatever. And I slid in the ring, and I panic. And I say, you know what, Sonya? I told you you'd have a partner. I promised you you'd have some backup. I'm not going to let you guys fight these guys alone. So if the partner ends up having to be me, screw it. And I threw my jacket on the ground and the whole building exploded because they thought I was going to fight for real. They was like, oh, shit, we're seeing going to fight. This is crazy. And as soon as I took my jacket off, Raze's music hits. And he had uh, DMX's intro. So it's that, that boom, boom, boom. And when people heard that, you could just feel the room just like get a little hype, a little hype. And the beat kicked up and the beat kicked up. And when the beat dropped and he came through the curtain, let me tell you something. That was a pop and a half to this day for an angle that I came up with. I've never felt the pop like that. When Santa came through the fucking curtain, through the curtain, not only did that building fucking explode. But they started chanting, holy shit, just at the idea of this guy fucking coming through the curtain. It was over like fucking crazy. And that, again, it just goes back to building up your stars. He, was, he never wore the championship for us. We ended up folding a few shows later, but he... Never wore the championship, but he was. it was clear to him. I was clear to the audience, I should say, that he was the fucking guy. So to answer the question in a long-winded way, but to answer the question, what do you do with a champion once they're no longer champion? That. You come up with intricate little ways that he will still come across to the audience as a top guy. So that whether he is the champion or not, he will still draw money for your company. Because for as long as he is a valuable asset, now you've got... It's like having two champions on the same card. You're a real champion, and then the guy who could easily be the champion at any moment. 
That's why right. you had Stone Cold, The Rock, The Undertaker, Triple H. They weren't all the champion at the same time. But they were they all, weren't even all feuding at the same exactly. Time the but they were all pushed and designed to the audience to be seen as top stars, period. And they didn't need a lot of those guys didn't even need the championship. Stone Cold's championship record record is not that great, but every time he was the champion, it felt like it was great, and that's all that matters. Right. That's it, man. Protect the gimmick. I think they're so used to the fact now that there is a short attention span that they can get away with moving a guy they've been pushing for years to the side and he can go wrestle for their intercontinental title and uh, everyone else is feuding for the belt. Then two years they come back and they're back in it. And it works. It works because the short attention span, people aren't thinking of those buildups until you look at it into an entirety. But we're so used to seeing those certain things where you have, we're not even talking about the belt. We're talking about stars. You have these stars and they're getting their title run, but now it's you're in the title run. So you're a star. Yeah. And that they do it is to when, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins the, wins the WWE title. Then he wins the U S title. Then he wins the tag titles and it's all over the place. It's just random. Uh, it's just different lanes, different focal points, different. It's just, I don't fucking know. I kind of hate being stuck in the old school way where it's like, yo, what do you do with this guy now? Where it's just like, what do you mean? I just move him over here. And then when I'm ready to use him again, I put him back. No, no harm, no foul. No harm, no foul. Because the fans will just commit to whatever story is being given to them. For the most part, there is some pushback sometimes. Uh, but for the most part. Because uh, if that wasn't the case, they wouldn't do it. If it doesn't work, they wouldn't do it. So anything that you see that's shitty and stupid and it's going on forever, it's because it's working. You may not see it. You may not like it, but it works. Because if it didn't, it wouldn't fucking be doing it. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is. We'll see what happens. We'll see what Adam Page does with the belt. We'll see what their angle is. We'll see how long he even holds it. I don't know. I have a feeling he doesn't hold it that long. No, sure. Baby faces always do better on the chase. Short run. So. All right. So that is episode 211. Uh, we are heading ever so closely to Thanksgiving. Next week is Thanksgiving. No shit. God damn. Look at that. I'm about to get my chicken and ham on very, mm. very soon. Uh, very, very thankful. That'll be next week's episode. We'll be thankful for shit. That's next Thursday. Oh, yeah, Sick. Yeah, I think I'm heading. To, I think I'm heading to you guys for that. Okay. So, okay. So it should be interesting. Should be interesting. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for downloading. Thank you guys for sharing. And of course, most importantly, thank you guys for enjoying episode two eleven. This is my daddy's two hundredth episode. If you look the soul boys moves. T-shirts, mugs, tank tops, beats to house, phone cases. Go to H-A-O-U-N.com. This is my daddy's 200th episode. This still keeps him busy, and he's not playing with me, so stop listening. But, but he's actually wearing me, so I won't fight. <laughs>